Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, Curly just does it. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard, welcome home, and welcome to signing day. J.C. Sherbert, J.B., Phil Molnax here until 2 o'clock this afternoon. Inside the Gamecocks, the show always live from the Signorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks, located in West Columbia and owned by, if you're an airport high school fan, you're a fan of this guy, Matt Vaughn, big-time Gamecock, big-time airport supporter as well and we are so honored to be uh, partnered with him and so are the Gamecocks that's why when you look behind me over my right shoulder you see a beautiful sign on the west side of Williams Bryce Stadium you can thank those guys for what they do we're served by chicken cock whiskey of course always here's the toast to all the signees and we are built by the Barndo code the barndominiumcode.com where your dream home can be built for as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas in Georgia or in Tennessee. It is almost Christmas, the 20th of December today. We all know what day Christmas is, I would imagine, December 25th, but it's kind of like Christmas Day for dudes like J.C. Sherbert who have been doing this for years. 
National Signing Day, of course. It uh, used to be a little bit bigger and more elaborate than it is now. There are two of them, another coming up in February. But it is a big day for the Gamecocks. Carolina looking to maybe, maybe land the most impactful class in the history of its program. There are a ton of talented dudes. We will go through every one of them, not only from the high school side of things, but the transfer portal side of things. We'll get through their capsules. Uh, we'll talk about the position groups and how they will affect them moving forward. David Cloninger will join us. We had Mark Kingston scheduled today. We're going to push him until tomorrow, and we're also pushing Mike Morgan to tomorrow as well, our final day of the 2023 year. But, guys, uh, finally, signing day is here. Most importantly, it's not about anybody other than the kids. They get to wake up this morning and uh, sign their national letters of intent and move on and uh, and start living out their dreams, playing college football. And uh, and and these guys, what we'll be talking about today, will be playing in a ballpark that seats 80,000 that's going to go wild for them starting as early as August 31st against Old Dominion. So, JC, I know you've been up all night. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Um, but um, so far, so good for Carolina football. Good. So, you kind of like we've been talking about all week, and I, I was on with Gunner earlier this morning on 107.5, and we kind of reiterated it. It's uh, signing day is not what it used to be. Um, I think when it went to December, it kind of lost some of its uh, – Luster, because I mean, it used to be like it was kind of it was kind of one of the most college football things ever, where you recruited, recruited. You had a couple of guys that would enroll early, that became a thing, and you'd always kind of sign some JUCOs at midterm if you could. But it was a mad dash. Three weekends of official visits in January, guys taking the the last weekend visit to places like Florida State. Bobby Bowden would flip eight guys on signing day. Um, there were like legendary tales of things like that. And that, that kind of, it, it hurts a little bit from my standpoint, because I kind of helped build this entire industry back uh, when I started in 04 at Rivals and went to ESPN and 24 seven and it, it evolved. And so like in my mind, I had, I had the most fun then, man, because you could relax this time of year. I mean, you have a handful of guys here and there signing, uh, and then the, the early enrollees just enrolled. They never even signed anything, no ceremonies. You know, you're tracking a couple of JUCOs, getting ready to take off for San Antonio, Orlando, Los Angeles, wherever, for an all-star game right after Christmas. And then then you get back, uh, you, you work that week, and you get back, and, boy, it's 24-7, 24 hours a day uh, until that. And, and so that was that was fun. It was nerve-wracking, but it was fun. Now the transfer portal has has killed it off, I think. I mean, it's become this black hole that sucked everything into it. Uh, And so everybody's talking portal, 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 and there was very little drama, you know, South Carolina and otherwise of this cycle. And, you know, good for the Gamecocks. They got a new commit today in DeBron Gatling. I think we thought that was coming after last night's welcome home. But, uh You know, it's one of those things. Uh, I, I think that um, uh, it's still special, though. And, it, and it, it, when you look at South Carolina, drill down. And I wrote this on the Big Spur today. Once you start digging into this class on paper, man, it's it's really really good uh, on paper. It's uh, you know you've got two five stars. That's never happened <laughs> uh, in the in the composite era, and I don't think otherwise either in terms of high school guys. There's been some classes where they've had three or four five-star JUCOs uh, during the Holtz era. Um, 
you know, you got another out-of-state five-star second year in a row out of Washington, D.C., and Dylan Stewart. Uh, you know, those two five-stars are t- left tackles and DNs. You can't find those. Uh, I-, I looked it up. Four of the signees, out of the six signees from Georgia, four are top 50 players in that state. Now, the top 50 in Georgia, typically, you're getting a very quality player. I mean, it's right. 50 deep. It's 100 and something deep of, like, Division One uh, FBS-level guys. But it, it's really about 50 deep of high-end power five. Uh, so good job there yet again in that state. Uh, we don't talk about it a lot because, you know, I, I think the Spurrier staff didn't all do all that great of a job. You know, Connor Shaw notwithstanding. They weren't super-duper in Georgia, neither was Holtz. They, they take a lot of guys – you know, for every Mike Davis, you'd have three guys that couldn't play. Um, but Muschamp whittled that down and targeted the right guys in Georgia, your Enigbares and J.C. Horns of the world. And this staff's picked up where they left off. I mean, I think hats off to that. Um, you know, you go up and down the East Coast, you get the first guy you've gotten out of the 757, the Tidewater in Virginia, and Fred Johnson, who's an All-American uh, game selection. Um you compare him, you know, pair him with Wendell Gregory, a uh, big kid out of Marietta. That's a big a lot of time. I mean, and all of a sudden you look now and it's been, well, you had Stone Blanton, uh, four-star guy, Pup Howard, solid four-star top 100 guy. And then you got these two. So linebackers looking up. Um, you know, Matthew Fuller, the running back out of Georgia, he, he went from good to gr- really good to great this season on the high school field. Uh, so, a, so a great high school player coming in. Um, and, and look, as we talk, I, I want to put this disclaimer out there, I'm not trying to be lame or anything, but, uh, uh, I, I, we always get called out about this. I'm going to kind of explain, you know, I'm not going to get negative on anybody they've signed because it's not fair to the kid. Uh, you know, whatever holes are in their games, you know, I'm going to be nice about it. Uh, but that doesn't mean I'm predicting every single player in this class will be a hit. Obviously, so the statistics and history show you they'll be bust in this class, just like every class. Uh, and I'll use the term on paper a lot. Uh, and I'll explain why South Carolina took them, why they were worthy of a scholarship here. Um, you know, I'm not sitting here predict, predicting anybody's going to be all SEC. You know, So I want to explain that to people because sometimes that gets misinterpreted. You say, well, you know, this kid's got good feet. He does this, that, and the other. And then he gets there and can't cover a bucket of water. You know, that's a must champism, by the way. Uh, and 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 then you're like, well, where's the feet and all that? Well, I was present in high school. I was, you know, so I want to make it clear. I'm if I if I start getting into all that. Mm. Not a good time to have him freeze up, huh? Oh. Mm. Well, uh, we'll have to work on that, but that's okay. <laughs> Look at that. We've got gremlins <laughs> in the system because it's National yeah, we'll- Signing Day. That's exactly yeah, what it is. That's what that's why you do that. Here's some back. while we get him fixed. Here are a couple of news notes and nuggets to pass along to you uh, from two four seven Sports. Just remember, at this point in time, the um, the uh, they have not the the rankings are going to continue to update. They're going to continue to update from a team side of things. Um, right now, the way that it stands, the composite ranking for South Carolina is 18th in the nation as far as their recruiting class goes. And then the the overall ranking, when you include the transfer portal, is 14th for the Gamecocks. They also have the fifth-ranked transfer portal class 
in the country. So 18 is where they were coming in. Uh, we don't have anything yet from Braden Lee. Everybody else has already signed. We're going to go through all of them today individually and talk about each one of these young men and their futures at South Carolina from both the transfer portal side uh, and the uh, and the high school side. Also, there are 36 five stars in the composite rankings from 24-7 sports. Of those 36, 22 of them will be playing football in the SEC. That leaves just 14 for the rest of the country, which is amazing. It goes to show you once again uh, why the SEC will continue to do uh, what they will continue to do. So uh, thus far, South Carolina is, uh, as JC just pointed out, having a good day. They did get a commitment last night from wide receiver DeBron Gatling out of Alpharetta, Georgia, and he signed his national letter of intent this morning at 934. He was once committed for quite some time to Texas A&M, Texas uh, but he is now in the fold as a talented wide receiver for Gamecock football. And, of course, he will be coached by Justin Stepp. And uh, that is a welcome addition to this class that needed wide receivers. And uh, certainly glad to have him. Glad to have all of you as well here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Again, here until 2 o'clock this afternoon. We'll be going through each and every one of the uh, capsules for all of these players. Last night, Michi Johnson scored 20 points and led South Carolina to a 10-point victory over the Winthrop Eagles, and they also have their 10th win of the year. They're 6-0 and at home, and they're 10-1 and to begin the season for the first time since the 2015-2016 team did it. Talon Cooper added 13 points, and Miles Studi had 10 for Carolina, who shot 40% from the floor, but 100% from the free throw line. Gamecocks looking to continue uh, winning as they get into the new year. Mississippi State will be the first league game coming up on uh, on January the 6th. But the next game for the Gamecocks will be Elon, 6 o'clock Friday, and that will be broadcast on the SEC Network, of course. Uh, Derek and Casey will have it. On the ladies' side last night, no problems there. Carolina 93 uh, to 62. On the road in Bowling Green, the Falcons fell to 6-3, and three, and Don's ladies improved to 11-0. and 0. Uh, to begin the year. Chloe Kitts, by the way, a career best, 21 points for the number one Gamecock. So a couple quick updates there uh, from the hardwood. JC's back. I understand that we had a couple uh, quick little twitches there. But uh, JC, as I was kind of pointing out, uh, Braden Lee, the only one who has not signed necessarily or has not signed just to this point. Everybody else has. We'll see. I'm going to ask you about him coming up here in just a little bit. But overall, across the country, uh, 22 of 36 composite five stars will be playing their football in the SEC come this August, which is once again leading the nation. The Gamecocks overall, when you include the transfer ranking, the transfer portal ranking, uh, and their class ranking, they have the overall ranking of 14th in the nation. The fifth-ranked transfer class currently in the 18th-ranked class uh, coming out of the high school in JUCO ranks. And as you pointed out, filling needs. Uh, largely, and uh, Philly needs with talented kids. That number would probably be significantly higher had they signed more than 17 players to this time. If it was up somewhere in the 20s, you would see that jumped way up there. Uh, but uh, Carolina, not enough room to sign all those guys, so they are where they are, but it's a really good spot to be in. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and this is uh, for that 14th overall with the portal uh, is interesting because last year the, with the portal actually 
took the overall ranking down to 18 and the high school group was 16 this year, the high school group. And, and that's definitely just because of numbers. I mean, there's no way you could look at it on paper and say, well, they brought in more talent in, in 2023 to 20. I mean, your Mark Ryan's of the world certainly will look at that. And, uh, but the people like I, the people that don't know their butt from a hole in the ground about this stuff, but, uh, it actually brought it down, but the, the the smaller number, you know, makes the portal additions that much more important with the overall. So, you know, South Carolina is now at 14 overall. That's transfer and high school. Um, you know, last year they were 18th overall. Uh, 2022, they were 24th with the transfers. And then, of course, 2021, which was one of the most unfair team rankings I've ever seen, uh, 56 overall with transfer uh, and otherwise. So it's looking up. I mean, this is this is a class that with transfers is going to finish inside of the top 15, which uh, I think is what you want. I, the SEC is so – like is now Texas and Oklahoma are in these rankings, right? Mm-hmm. And they're always going to be – they're to get the benefit of the doubt teams. I don't know that they ever finish after – Yeah, I don't know that they finished – less than one or two in the Big 12 the whole time there was a Big 12 rankings-wise. Maybe like when Nebraska was in the league, Nebraska would finish higher. Um, and, of course, they didn't win it very often. Uh, Texas, at least, didn't. Uh, Oklahoma did. But uh, I think I think we got to you know kind of understand that, that those teams are going to probably be up there every single cycle. Uh, there's no reason why Texas shouldn't and Oklahoma either. Um so what you want to do, I think, if you're South Carolina, you want to kind of get in range, right? You, you know, you want to say, well, we don't want to finish in the bottom third. You know, if you can get toward that top half, that's a damn good class numerically because there, there's too many variables that, that you split hairs with in terms of who's 15th, 16th, or whatever. So um, I think, you know, rankings-wise, you should be happy with it. Uh, it does show you how talent-laden the SEC is going to be, but uh, – Guys, it's been that way for a long time. Uh, South Carolina last season, had they not lost, and they won two games uh, against uh, three losses against teams that finished six and six, they probably go to the playoff or at least in the year six bowl, um, especially, you know, with the, with the new format. So it's not like this program can't compete, uh, and it's impossible when you look up at those other schools. But uh, – yeah, heck of a group here, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, sort of how, how some of these guys turn out, and, and they're not finished. They're going to add some more uh, along the way, so we'll see kind of how it turns out. And a couple other numbers to pass along here before we hit our first time out of the morning here on ITG. Uh, the Gamecocks, when you go by average star rating, are 12th in the nation. 12th in the nation, just behind the Vols of uh, Tennessee and – three spots ahead of their friends in the upstate uh, who are a little bit below them in that ranking of 14 of the top 25 average star rating teams in the nation. Shockingly are from the sec and uh, South Carolina is eighth amongst that group. When you include uh, Texas in there or else they'd be seventh Oklahoma right now uh, behind Carolina, but the numbers are so minuscule. And as JC often says, once you get it out of those top two, three, four classes, the rest of them really only separated by a player or two from time to time. And um, and that's kind of where we are, as you just pointed out. You're going to get this every single year in the SEC, and it's a razor-thin margin as to how many games 
you win and how many games you lose sometimes. Um, and uh, in Carolina right there, they're signing the players. And uh, so we'll see if they can get in there and compete with a with a changing league uh, landscape in, in this league with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. But um, overall, when you start to look at the numbers and break them down the way that you should break them down, Carolina is right in the thick of it. All right, um, let's step aside. Uh, when we return, we will begin to get into some of the capsules for all of these players, uh, starting with their quarterback. He was the first one to sign this morning. That shouldn't be shocking. Dante Reno has been the biggest cheerleader for this class for quite some time. And uh, so we'll discuss him and his future and make our way through the rest of them. David Kloniger is going to join us today. J.C. Sherbert has all the goods to pass along this signing day holiday season. Signing day is brought to you in part by our friends at Gamecock Traditions. There literally is nowhere else that you can go and get more than at Gamecock Traditions. They've got the logo on everything, and they've got it priced better than everywhere. And during the holidays, they've even got deals like they do the rest of the season. You've already missed the shipping deadlines. Well, that's okay because we like to wear Carolina stuff year-round, right, boys and girls? There's always a birthday or an anniversary, or maybe you just want to celebrate in style for the new year. GamecockTraditions.com to order online if you're in the Midlands. You know where they're located in Lexington. Gamecock Traditions. Hang tight. More to come. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Coach O here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, 
best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten Glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. It's Christmas for Gamecock football signing day 2023. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you today in part by our friends at Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. You need a stocking stuffer still. It might be a late stocking stuffer. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com for any of their three packs, a Hall of Fame pack. That's what I've got. Hall of Fame pack. That's where you want to go. But you can, the Hall of Fame pack gives you one of each. You know, a mustard base and a sweet heat. All American pack has uh, two sweet heat sauces, and then the Palmetto pack has two mustard sauces. All of them get the secret spice. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com, so you don't screw up your meat. I just added that part in there. All right, um, Carolina. That's a good value too. Buying them in the packs like that over retail. <laughs> And no, yeah, no one ever wants to screw up their meat. In the in the in the words of the or in the tone of the Arby's guide, don't screw up the meat. <laughs> I don't know. I, if I ask JC to do it, it'll sound like Ed Orgeron, so I'm not going to ask him to do that. But um, at Arby's, uh, we have the meats. See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, uh, yeah, exactly. All right, uh, from the uh, team ranking per. Uh, perspective right now georgia is still number one i mean come on i mean this is really surprising but georgia's number one and alabama's number two uh but uh, florida state in there at three boy mike mike norvell is signing some players ohio state at four texas at five oregon at six um wash or i'm sorry miami at seven oklahoma up to eight notre dame at nine uh they've moved into the the uh, top 10 they were 12th yesterday florida has uh, been losing some players this week. That class has continued to slip, although they have the 10th-ranked class in the country right now. And then there's Auburn, LSU, Clemson, Tennessee, Penn State, Southern Cal, and the Gamecocks. Um, but again, when you include the transfer portal, South Carolina has the 14th-ranked class in the country. So we'll start with the high school kids here, uh, JC, everybody that has signed their letter of intent. And we spoke about this young man yesterday. The composite has him as a four-star for whatever reason, 24-7 sports decided that they would make him a high three-star with an overall ranking or rating of 88. But that's quarterback Dante Reno out of Connecticut who committed a year and a half ago, July the 2nd of 2022. What are the Gamecocks getting in this young man? Good arm, arm talent, high football IQ, coach's son. Uh, dad's the head coach at Yale, highly respected guy. Game guys kind of zeroed in on him pretty early. Um, Satterfield did. Um, 
just a, a an excellent passer of the football. I'm looking forward to seeing him compete at the Under Armour All America game because he's on that team. He, he's going to that game, and you know, kind of mysteriously, just like Trevon Ball last year was a 90 the whole way through by 24-7 sports and then mysteriously drops two points. I don't know why. Uh, no senior film to back it up, nothing. I guess everybody's got their favorites and, you know, they move guys up. But uh, we'll see how he does. Uh, you know, I think, you know, he's deserving of a four-star rating based on his arm alone. But we will see, you know, I think he'll have to go out there and light it up at Under Armour to really prove it uh, to some of these folks that like to rate guys but uh good pickup uh, i think he, he's a guy that you know in a year will maybe come in and um you know compete uh, and, and give him a solid back I mean, can be the starter down the line definitely the big has player capsules up on every player you can read why they chose south carolina and get some insider analysis uh and and much much more over 20 offers for Dante Reno, he was the first one to sign this morning, but directly behind him was the big man from Dorchester. Offensive lineman Cam Pringle out of Woodland High School, uh, a four-star tackle, J.C. He was a huge get for the Gamecocks over Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, Florida State, and pretty much every other big-name program in college football. Yeah, I think that... uh... You know, he's a guy that obviously when people saw him play this year, and I did not, uh, I saw some clips, thought he looked pretty good, but uh, there was something about him that analysts and some fans weren't all that fired up about, but uh, I don't care. <laughs> you know, the kid had 30 offers. He's, what, 6'7", 330. Uh, he's going to get in the college weight program, speed agility program, and still has a chance to be an absolute monster. Um, I've kind of backed off the – He's underrated kind of deal. I mean, I'd probably still have him like top 100, but uh, I get it. Like if everybody that goes and sees him says, hey, well, he's got some work to do, then you know, hell, it's probably true. But uh, I, he's an offensive lineman. I mean, you know, there, there's been offensive linemen that have, that have come uh, to programs with, with his size and ability that, that don't even know. Like they look what's – they don't look even like they're playing the sport of football. <laughs> and in two years – uh, three years, you know, they're declaring for the draft. And like my dad used to say, the all I'm under the guys that sit in the locker room and count their money all day, you know, because they're that valuable. So here's hoping Cam Pringle's one of those guys that uh, sit in, sits in the locker room and counts his money one day. <laughs> Nationally, he's a uh, pretty much a top 100 prospect. He's uh, yeah. 108 across the yeah. And keep in mind, guys, the issues with the offensive line last year, everybody's trashing them. I keep seeing people trash with them. 12 injuries, dude. 12 injuries, and you had to play two true freshmen and Sidney Fugar, who wasn't ready. I mean, and then at the end, when they finally allegedly got on the field, none of them were healthy. Jamie and I can both back that up. I mean, let's chill out. I mean, you know, because guess what? The answers are not going and getting anybody in the portal for O-line unless someone great comes along. The answers are on campus and incoming in this class. So chill out with all that. It's hard to believe they even had five guys to play in the last couple of games. Even though they had the same offensive line, 
every one of them were hurt. <laughs> they were somehow yeah. playing. I, and, and, I mean, and people are bashing Fugar. Fugar wasn't not a, the portal's different than getting a JUCO or a grad transfer. The portal sometimes you'll take a younger guy and he has three years left uh, and develop it. I mean that that's the beauty of the portal is you can fill needs in, in all your classes. So he wasn't meant to start, you know. So anyway. Kim Pringle right now, by the way, currently at 6'7", 360 pounds. More than likely, he'll be bringing that down a little bit when he gets yeah. onto campus. Wide receiver Mazio Bennett, the third to sign this morning with Carolina. And what a player he is. He's a top two fit or top two, four, seven. How about that? Four star out of Greenville, Alabama, Florida State, Georgia, Tennessee, amongst others, to offer big get for Justin Stepp in that position group, J.C. Yeah, flipped him from Tennessee. Good player out of Greenville High School, which produced Tyler Brown, Clemson's best receiver this year. It's a good program that's you know sort of having a renaissance. Greenville was really good back when my dad played because there weren't there was like there wasn't like a dormant or a jail man. I mean, it's basically Greenville Parker and Wade Hampton over there, uh, and they're back. They're back finally, the Red Raiders and. Uh, He's a really good one. Uh, good hands. Uh, nice. I like the way he high points the ball. He, he's one that can come down with surprisingly tough catches. Uh, someone compared him to Shy Smith the other day. I'm not going to go that far. He's probably not as fast in the straight line as Shy. Probably not as crazy good hands as Shy. I would kind of compare him more to Kenny McKinley, which is, Ooh. you know, saying something considering how many balls Kenny caught here. But uh, he's that kind of wiry guy that I think can uh, make some things happen. 5'11", 80-pounder, Mazio Bennett, quick to, quick twitch. Greenville's Blake Franks, a teammate of Mazio Bennett, also signed this morning. He was the fourth one to ink his name to the Gamecocks at 7.36 a.m. A three-star lineman. Some, though, think he's better than that. We'll certainly find out. He did commit on the final day of March after being a Clemson lean at one point in time. A lot of folks thought that's where he was headed. But, no, he's not. He's coming to Columbia, J.C., Ole Miss, Florida State, the Tigers, Auburn, Alabama, and others, who at some point in time had offered Blake Franks, who currently sits at 6'5", 340 pounds. Yeah, a, a bigger kind of version of Big Tree Babalade, I think. Uh, a big One of those massive road grader types, probably def, definitely an interior guy that – I don't like to pigeonhole offensive linemen because the minute I say something, they're moving somebody to tackle and back. You know that's not that's not really my street. It looks like a guard to me, an interior guy you can get up and run behind. He's naturally strong. Uh, people I talked to in the Upstate said he had a fantastic senior season. Like really, you watched him and you went, "Holy cow!" You know this, this guy's really good. I knew I know Clemson would have been interested in flipping him had he had interest in. Uh, some other schools as well. So the Gamecocks held on to him. Uh, watch out for this guy. I don't know about this coming year. Uh, you'd hope that none of the freshmen have to play <laughs> uh, on the offensive line. But, uh, you know, you get him in, get him lifting weights, get him trained up. Uh, he, he's, he's a guy that can make something happen. Uh, I think Blake Franks was a, probably one of the more under-the-radar good pickups in this class. According to Hale McGranahan, so is this cat, David Busey, out of Savannah, Georgia, Savannah Christian High School, a three-star defensive back. Will I guess JC placed safety here? Um, committed over the summer last year. West Virginia, Iowa State, Georgia Tech, Tulane, and others. Sixteen offers 
in total for David Busey, but a guy who's kind of, you mentioned under the radar, He's he's been there. Uh, we spoke with Hale yesterday, and he's a guy to watch, according to Mr. McGranahan. My player comparison is a guy who I played junior high football with uh, who played in Burns, Donnie Wood. <laughs> I don't know about, I, if anybody knows where Donnie Wood is now, tell him I said hello. But uh, guys like deceptively fast and will knock you into next Tuesday. Loves contact, loves the physical part of the game. You know, I, I think he's a guy at camp that they really liked. Um, I don't think he's going to grow into a linebacker. I think he will be a safety, maybe a nickel. Uh, is, a, is, is a player that, you know, I think we found out last year, when you're struggling with depth, especially at linebacker and safety and places like the corner and places like that, your special teams units, some of them take a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think back to 2022 when, you know, okay, yeah, Nick Emanuores and GQ Smith are now the starting safeties, but there were players behind them and they beat out. They were playing on special teams. There was depth of linebacker with Sherrod Green there. You got guys playing on special teams that are good. Um, Carolina didn't have that luxury this past year. So the more guys like this you can get, the happier Pete Limbo is going to be. And certainly he's a guy that, uh, uh, that, that, that Hale was, he's, He's 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 not off base in mentioning him as as a underrated sleeper and his teammates one of the best players in the country for 2025. Uh, I don't know if the Gamecocks can beat Georgia on him or not, but Elijah Griffin has been here a whole bunch and Gamecocks are in the mix. So let's see let's see if that Kate may help the situation. Carolina fans love the guys that love them back, right? This is a pretty neat comment from David Busey. "Quote: I came to a game and I was like." I have to go here. That's pretty neat. <laughs> Coming from the safety, it's uh, have to go here in Savannah. Here. Yeah. The yeah. edge slash linebacker position picked up a darn good one in Wendell Gregory, who signed this morning at seven fifty a.m. He is a uh, across the composite ranked one fifty five nationally, four star Auburn, Louisville, Michigan, Tennessee, and others. Twenty of them in total offered this young man, but. JC, if if you talk to those in the program, this 6'2", 225 pounder's got a he's got some pop about him and a lot of excitement that surrounds him. The latest gamecock from GA Mangus High School, uh, Milton. Um, no, not, not Milton's where uh, uh, Walton, Walton, Marietta Walton. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, I think uh, the last one they had here was maybe D, DQ or DTJ. Uh, Oh, the safety. Smith was his last name. DJ Smith. DJ Smith. Um, so, yeah. I mean, committed really early. He, Michael Smith, Cam Pringle all got in the boat in January. Um, I don't agree with 24-7. Surprise, 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 surprise. I don't. So have y'all seen that on Instagram? Surprise, surprise. Anyway. <laughs> yes. I don't agree with 24-7 sports projecting him an edge. I think that's a that's a. I don't, I don't know what they're thinking because um, I, I do think he's a linebacker and so do the South Carolina. Now the Gamecocks will play guys at linebacker from time to time that look like edges, look like they could be edges. Pup Howard, Brad Johnson, that type. Clayton White, he's that kind of backer that he likes. Great length, quick hands. I mean, I think I saw a couple of clips where he batted down an option pitch or two this year. Uh, and he is quick off the edge, you know, but but I think Coach White likes to kind of 
he blitzes his linebacker so much. You know, it's it's, it's a guy you need pass rushing ability to play linebacker here. So, uh, excellent pickup. Gamecocks had to fend some off at the end for this cat, but they've got him. Michael Smith, the tight end out of Calvary Day down in Savannah. How about Carolina mining the Savannah waters for some players? 752 is when he signed this morning. All the big names in college football offered him 31 offers from Michael Smith, but he is now in the boat. Six three or excuse me, six four, two hundred and fifty pound tight end uh, for Carolina. He's gonna. Everybody's gonna like him, and I think my prediction is he'll probably play first year. Uh, he's got really good ball skills. Uh, just sort of one of those tight ends like like are very popular these days. Uh, all all these guys get compared to Kyle Pitts. I don't know how fair that is, <laughs> but uh, you know that kind of guy. You know, kind of a you know sort of like how Trey Knox was. Uh, I wouldn't compare him to Bell. I, you know, a lot like um, you know uh, the guy they have his name Josh Simon, who they have coming back. Um, I think he'll get on the field pretty early. He's uh, just probably too good at catching the ball and making plays not to. And everybody did try to flip him. Auburn tried to flip him. Tennessee tried to flip him. Georgia called. Uh, you know, they they there weren't really a lot of anxious moments because I kept getting thrown. I'm not worried about it. But there, the word was out there. Other schools, other media outlets were reporting. You know that he would visit or whatever, but he loves the Gamecocks. Key, he, he he was just like Gregory. He commit. I think he was the second to commit, or I don't know if he was before Wendell or not. But those guys jumped in the boat, and again, top fifty kids out of the state of Georgia, and I think he's closer to twenty in the twenties. Uh, you that's where you want to. That's the sweet spot you want to hit. And when schools like Auburn and Florida and Tennessee, those guys may not be Georgia commits, Alabama commits. But when those school, when those other schools, Florida, Tennessee, all you know, those schools that come into Georgia, that's who you want to beat on, guys. Well done to the Gamecock staff here. First offer was from South Carolina for Michael Smith. That went a long way, ultimately. Eric was- Camry, Eric, give Eric Camry credit for that. Oh, Ek, hey Ek, if you're watching, hey Ek, big hugs, Merry Christmas up there in Tennessee. Josiah Thompson, the five star, one of them. Signed at 7.54 this morning, J.C. Not a lot needs to be said about this kid. He's an impact offensive lineman. Carolina, uh, have they ever signed a five-star offensive lineman? I can't remember, mm. but if they have, there have been few and far between, but they certainly did this, this go-around. Everybody offered him. Everybody wanted him. Nobody's getting him except for the Gamecocks. I can't remember a five. I mean, you know, Brandon Shell. Was He's evaluated close. pretty early and was was probably should have been closer, but uh, you know AJ Cam was an interior guy, so he wasn't uh, all that highly rated. But yeah, you know Josiah Thompson's how you draw up a left tackle. Uh, and I wrote on the Big Spur today, you know, because I evaluated Tyron Smith, and it was I can't remember who the other guy was in that class. It was it was uh, either the first twenty four seven class or like the. The la- I think it's the last Rivals class I evaluated, I think of 08, because I left in, in um, August of 07. And we had a big debate over this other dude and Tyron Smith, and I was a Smith guy. And it turns out we were right. And now, offensive line was never my strongest suit, but that kind of tall, power forward-looking athleticism, like most of your big-time offensive tackles need to look like power forwards in basketball with a little bit broader shoulders. They need to look like... You know, Kevin Willis 
uh, they used to play for the Hawks, you know, that, that kind of guy. And uh, Josiah fits the bill. He had an outstanding senior season, uh, was Mr. Football in the state. Um, you know, the people that went to see him, unlike maybe some other guys, there was no question uh, about how good he was. He'll play in San Antonio in the uh, what used to be the Army game with Fred Johnson. So looking forward to watching him compete against the best out there in Texas. Speaking of Fred Johnson and Dylan Stewart and others, plenty to get to. We've got to hit a quick timeout, but we're not done. It's signing day on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be right back. Touchdown, Brewer. Set up the screen, and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Brewer. His second of the day. Pitches it to Brewer. Turns the corner. Touchdown, number three of the afternoon. Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise, and it's done on time, and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, both of them turned their swag on last night. Gamecock men and women win. Carolina 10-1 and on the men's side. The ladies stay undefeated, winning on the road at Bowling Green. Carolina's the uh, the guys under Lamont. They'll play Friday night. Elon home, 6 o'clock, trying to get to their 11th win of the season. First or first 10-1 start since 2015-2016. That year they got snubbed. They're working on that not happening this year. All right, back to National Signing Day. The Gamecocks inked another five-star in Dylan Stewart out of Washington, D.C., the defensive end, the 17th-ranked player in the country. From a composite standpoint, J.C. committed on August the 1st over literally everybody known to man, and he is a day-one impact guy. Yeah, he is. He, he's. It's kind of funny, again, I don't, I don't mean to turn this into a rankings gripe fest, but there's been guys like this, like Nolan Smith, that, that whose floor is probably higher than, than most. 
kind of college ready. And so the excuse you get for dropping Dylan out of the top 10 was, oh, we don't know what his upside is. Well, <laughs> you didn't drop Nolan Smith. Uh, you had two garbage guys and Carl Fuller and Byron uh, Coward a few years ago that weren't six foot, six one DNs. You kept Xavier Thomas in the top five. You know, I mean, give me a break. This kid's six four. He's two forty five. He's long armed. He's ready to go play. He's a lot exactly like those guys that go to Alabama, Georgia. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, of course they have seven, eight of them, and Gamecocks will have one, but. Uh, he's absolutely uh, a guy that can come in. The question is, you know, like we've said, you know, like I said the other day, you know, are, are you maybe you stand him up for a little bit? He's done a lot of that in high school, um, but uh, that's a good problem to have because I, I would be stunned. You know, maybe he doesn't start. You know, Jadeby and Clowney didn't start his senior his freshman year, but I think he's definitely going to make an impact. He's he's too good. I mean, he could have played for Carolina this year, I think, and, and helped. So uh, we'll yeah. see sort of what happens. But, um, yeah, he's a tremendous get. And just kind of like Zach Pickens, his recruitment was drama-free, you know. Showed up every home game, uh, told, Hill, told Hill that people needed to chill out about the team and uh, defended the team, and he's ready to go. I love how I he love- just shut it down. And he was like, nope, going to South Carolina, y'all quit asking. Yeah, and his, his I mean, quote backs it up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I quote, I love it there. It's the people they have everything I've ever wanted in a school. That is from Dylan Stewart. Running back Matthew Fuller, a four-star in the 24-7 composite. He signed at 8.01 this this morning out of Wayne County, Jessup, Georgia, and uh, had some late, you know, maybe some, some, some late drama over the last couple of weeks, but Ultimately, he's coming, and J.C., so is his running back room. Great goodness, they flipped it over in a hurry, haven't they? Oh, yeah, Michael Fuller, uh, kind of crazy. His, uh, I don't think 24-7 Sports has him as a four-star, but they, don't. they have him 37th in Georgia. The composite has him a four-star, 51st in Georgia. <laughs> so, who knows? That's kind of strange, but... Um, Anyway, a top, you know, you justify almost a top 50 player in the state. And what I like about Fuller the most is you watched his film over the summer. It's like, yeah, that's a good take because he's got a lot of upside and he kind of plays both ways. And you're like, at the very least, he can go play linebacker. But then you watch his senior film like, no, 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 no. That's, that's very foolish talk to talk about him playing linebacker because he's a really, really good running back vision, uh, speed, footwork. Um, you know, Carolina obviously got some really good backs out of the portal. So, will he play this year? I don't know. Uh, again, running backs, that's another position where we're, if you're not deep, it hurts your special teams because those guys play special teams too. Um, you know, I'll trust J. Bo Shaw, Connor Shaw over just about anybody on a player. Uh, and J. Bo coached him. And uh, he, he you know, watch out for this guy. You know, you start thinking about maybe the backfield of the future. Uh, if you down the road uh, with Jawarn Howell and Matthew Fuller, that that could be quite a duo uh, here in the coming years. Now we will a get quick to question. The, uh, yeah. I was going to say from Instagram. So JC is the composite or top twenty four seven more accurate? Composites more mm-hmm. accurate than anything. Composite. Just wider um, sample size. Is that what? That well, is? 
Yeah, yeah, it takes every. You see, there's all these different opinions, right? So you're not looking at a narrow. I mean, you're you're looking at a wide variety of opinions, and you know, different networks have different strengths, different people in different areas. So you're actually because seeing a guy in person can really change the the evaluation game, right? Um, and so you have more eyeballs. You know, you have an industry wide set of eyeballs rather than just uh, seven or eight guys. So. Uh, I would say composite, and, and it's since we we create twenty four seven sports created composite. I was there when we did it. When we created that, we we tracked it two or three years, and it was by far more accurate than any single networks because, you know, it, it sort of eliminates the outliers. You come to a happy if, if one network has a guy sixth and somebody's like well he's like seventy fifth. You come to a happy median on that, and then it ends up being a fair ranking. Now, it still misses. I mean, there's still misses with composite, but uh, it's not nearly as much as like when I was at Rivals, and you look back on some of those lists, that, uh, and you're like, I kind of look at myself and go, what, what were you thinking here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just a few minutes left in uh, this segment, and then David Kloniger will join us at the top of the noon hour. Mason Love, he was on our program a few months ago, punter. Out of Riverside, Missouri, J.C., uh, the punter of the future has arrived. Yeah, another uh, Under Armour All-American. Uh, first recruit, I think, out of uh, Kansas City area that I can remember in the modern era. So, you know, Beamer continues to spread his wings geographically. Um, Limbo found him. He loved him. He liked him. That's good. It's like Forrest Gump says, you get a good putter in there behind Kai now. And, well, that's one less thing. Well, it's one less thing. So, one less thing you got to worry about with this guy. So, I think that um, I think that uh, Carolina got a pretty good one, uh, all things considered. This one's pretty good too. Uh, SEC running backs, receivers, and others will be worried about him at some point in time. Out of Norfolk, Virginia, linebacker Fred Johnson, six four, two hundred and twenty five pounds. Virginia Tech made a late push. They didn't get him. Carolina held on. JC, he's one of those guys, a four-star by 24-7, three-star in the composite, but he's one of those tweener guys that you give him a year or two and you might you might be beginning to see something pretty special. I'll tell you what, it, you know, this is kind of the second outstanding camp eval that I think Clayton White and his defensive staff have made. I think the first actually has to be Nick and Warre, right? Because uh, Nick ended up being much, much better. It was just kind of a camp guy they evaluated. Uh, this guy, same deal, went to camp, runs four, four, five, six, three and a half. You know, Virginia Tech really tried to get him hard. You know, we, I talked about Kansas City, um, the 757, which is coastal Virginia, Norfolk, Hampton Roads, uh, I.e., the Tidewater, Virginia Beach. That that's a that's a spot South Carolina should recruit pretty well. It's close to Columbia. I think Columbia is the closest SEC campus uh, to that area. Um, it's just one of those things where you you have to start getting guys out of there. You get one or two, and then it snowballs because it's a very close knit football community. Uh, you have to break in. One of the things the Virginia Tech coaches have done uh, that Justin Fuente didn't they they've mended some fences over there. Uh, and started getting guys. So uh, for Carolina, it's good to get him. Uh, you know, there's no reason why the game guys can't continue to recruit that area. Uh, he'll play in San Antonio in the Army Bowl. Uh, uh, he was an outlier. The 24-7 sports actually ranked higher than everybody else. So 
I think 24-7 has him in like the top 125, and, you know, Composite has him as a three-star. So uh, we'll see what happens moving forward, but certainly everybody's high on Fred. Send it in, Jerome. He did at 848 this morning. Defensive lineman Jerome Simmons, the beef of Bamberg, South Carolina, 6'4", 340-pound defensive tackle. He's now signed as well. That's a good idea for a sandwich. I'm going to start selling up here and get some Italian beef and put Billy G's barbecue sauce on it. Call the it beef, the Bamberg man. beef, right? The Bamberg, Bamberg beef. beef. How about that? Would you, would you like mustard based or sweet heat? <laughs> anyway, that's just my mind working there. But no, look, South Carolina needed to sign a bigger D lineman. They have one, and that's uh, uh, Nick Barrett, who played hurt all year last year. Uh, it's good to have another bigger dude, you know, up front in that 320 range. Uh, especially if you're going to play a little more three-man front, and you, you, maybe you need some goal line help, something like that. The, the question on Simmons I have is, like a lot of JUCOs, you have to be cautious if they're not enrolling in spring, mm-hmm. uh, if they come in in summer. And then especially if they can't come in early summer and it lingers, like the, inevitably there'll be some academic thing that happens. And, and then you're in late and you're behind, and, and then it takes them maybe a while to make the transition. So that's what I'm watching for him. But certainly, you know, the Georgia offer was real. I think Georgia, I don't think Georgia dropped the kid. I think, I think he just kind of figured he's going to Carolina. And obviously, they have the best D, D line class interior wise I've seen in a, in a while. <laughs> they kind of, depth wise, it pushed AM's class a few years ago to shame. But, uh, you know, it was good to get him, you know, because you want the in-state guys, you know, coming back from JUCO. Uh, you want all those guys you can get. South Carolina's got a great track record with that. I think Elijah Davis will have a better year this coming year for the Gamecocks. Of course, you got Javon Kinlaw uh, and a lot of other guys that have gone JUCO and come back. Marcellus Dow at corner. Uh, that's a that's a nice thing the Gamecocks could continue to, uh, I don't want to say exploit, but take advantage of because Clemson's not going to take any junior college transfers. Three hours ago to the minute. We've only got two minutes left in this segment, so we'll make it quick. This guy inked defensive back Kelvin Hunter out of West Florence High School in Florence, South Carolina. JC, he will pop you in a hurry. Yeah, another guy that will knock you in the next week. He, he's a, you know, he, Torian Gray evaluated this guy at camp. You know, I think it was the first camp they had when him and Warren was there. He was a youngster. Carolina's first to offer by a mile. By the time the rest of the country found out about him, and he ended up with about 10, 15 offers, uh, including some for the SEC. He was locked and loaded for the Gamecocks. Very quiet recruitment, but that's a guy that, you know, quiet recruitment, but on the field he's going to make some noise. Um, don't know if it's going to be this year or the next. Again, those guys help your special teams, uh, and so we'll see what happens. But certainly uh, a guy that I'm glad the recruiting industry evaluated and, and put a rightful four-star ranking on. Joining him in the secondary, speaking of four stars, is Jalua Solomon out of Ellaville, Georgia, Clay County High School, uh, an Auburn commit, a Carolina commit. Auburn got back in the game. Auburn lost. Carolina won. He is now signed with the Gamecocks. This class, in many ways, is historic in the sense that there's a lot of firsts, you know. I can't remember in the modern era of recruiting, i.e., since the internet's been around where South Carolina flipped anybody from Auburn, ever. And if you remember in the Spurrier era, Auburn was a pain in the Gamecocks' backside. Going all the way back to like Byron Isom, who started for their national championship team, he comes out decked out in Gamecock gear, 
starts to announce his commit, announces a commit, goes to sign the papers, like, hold up. Goes back, his family's off four hours. Next thing you know, he signs with Auburn, you know. So they used to be a pain in the Gamecocks' butt, but um, um, that was a big one, you know, especially on a kid from South Georgia where historically Auburn's made a living. And finally, the latest commitment and the last signee this morning, we still could have one more, DeBron Gatling, who did commit to the Gamecocks last night, wide receiver, Bama, A&M, Auburn, Florida State, Michigan, Tennessee. You could pretty much take the three-star ranking by any outlet. It doesn't matter and wipe that off the board. He's a player. High floor guy. Um, guy that, I, you know, when I say that, I'll use the example I always use. Uh, Jamie Robinson and Cam Smith. Jamie Robinson came to Carolina with a higher floor, which means he's more ready to go play. Cam Smith had more upside. Cam Smith redshirts his first year, doesn't really see the field till his sophomore year, whereas Jamie Robinson's breaking up passes to beat Georgia and Athens. At the end of the day, though, Cam was drafted ahead of Jamie because of the upside came through. It's a talent maximization game. Um, so that's I'd compare that Gatling to that. I, I think he's you know played uh, high level ball, five A ball in Atlanta. Uh, good route runner, good hands, uh, enough speed. Uh, I like him. Uh, and, and I think if you're going to take a high school guy to help a receiver, this is the type of guy because he is somewhat more advanced uh, than, than maybe going and getting a, a raw kid out of South Florida or something. Those are the capsules for the high school signees and JUCO guys that have inked this morning. We still have to get through the transfer portal, and it's a good portal class. It's noon. Coming up next, David Cloninger with the Post and Courier to give his side of National Signing Day here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend, a career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres 
Campbell is first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Carolina Barbecue presents the National Anthem every day on Inside the Gamecocks, the show at noon. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com to fill those stockings this holiday season, Or, but you can eat barbecue anytime you want to. So if you don't need it for the stockings, you just need it for the for the stockpile. How about that? CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com. David Kloniger with the Post and Courier, who covers the Gamecocks as well as anybody on the planet. Joining us now here on National Signing Day, D.C. Gamecocks win last night in hoops. We'll get to that uh, before we get you out of here. But it is a big day for Gamecock football. Welcome and Merry Christmas, bud. Appreciate it, guys. Hope you're having a happy holidays. And, J.C., not only to you, but to everybody at the Big Spur. I don't see how you guys do it. <laughs> I mean, throughout this whole month, this week, this day. I mean, who's in, who's out? Got to keep making those phone calls. Hats off to you as always, sir. Well, thank you, Dave. Uh, we appreciate that. And I know uh, 
We got a lot of respect for you guys too that uh, are on the beat. I know I got. I, I can't do the beat, man. I can't sit in the press box. I can't go to press conferences. I I lived that for a little while, and it just wasn't my bag. So, hats off to you guys as well that that grinded every day. And uh, unlike some of your uh, cohorts in the newspaper industry, you actually go report and have sources and try to track things down and have a nose for a story. So. Uh, and I'm not I'm not damning everybody in that industry. I'm just saying you're you're one of a kind. So uh, hats off to you as well. Appreciate that. Uh, DC, as pointed out by JC this morning, there are eight players in this class from the high school ranks who will play in national bowl games: the Under Armour All American Bowl and the Army All American Bowl. It's never fair to judge these classes until they get on campus. They play for a few years, especially with the transfer portal. It's hard to 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 uh, to ask quite crazy questions is this the best class ever whatever but you can't ask it on paper like it's fair to ask that question it's not high in numbers if it was it would be ranked even higher than it is but from a quality of player standpoint dc where would you where would you put this one based on all the classes that have preceded it well i mean you you look at at the ratings and that's really what we have to go on now and south carolina's never had two five-star guys in a single class so right there with Dylan Stewart and Josiah Thompson, you think, all right, well, you know, it's a huge start. And then you've got just some straight playmakers in this class. Basio Bennett, Jalewis Solomon, the list goes on and on of guys that have been there and done that throughout their high school careers. And obviously a big part of when you're looking at these recruits, who did South Carolina beat out to get them? Did they have to beat out East Carolina? Did they have to beat out Mercer? Did they have to beat out Duke and Wake Forest? Or did they beat out Auburn and Georgia and Florida State and maybe sometimes even Clemson? So you look at that and say South Carolina's in a very good place. I'm actually putting together a piece right now listing the entire depth chart as we know it right now and saying what did they need and what did they get. And really there are a couple spots where it's like, well, you maybe didn't need to get offensive linemen because you've got a lot of them. But when you got guys like Cam Pringle and Josiah Thompson in state, you need to go get those guys for the future. And you got those guys. I mean, of course, there's always going to be, man, you probably need a lockdown corner. You probably need a wide out, uh, a, a, a true wide receiver one. But I think they've got those guys. And plus the portal is still open that you can get some of these guys later on and who they have will develop. So overall you filled needs. That's what you always want to do. You got some star power, which always gets other people to notice. And the job is not over, but this is a very, very good start. Yeah, the portal class is ranked fifth right now, which that like when you when you and that's by 24 seven sports. But we got to be really careful with that. You know, when you look at that portal ranking, it's a little bit different from the high school, the way that you would look at the high school thing. The the port, the high, high school, you're building the future of your program. The portal, you're generally plugging holes. And, and so and you might not need a bunch of guys or you might need a ton of guys. I mean, last year, how many guys did Colorado sign last year? Guys, 40 out of the portal or something crazy. So no wonder they were going to be number one. How many of them were really good? Yeah, maybe 10 of them. I don't know. Um, so, so you know, but but this group here seems like they did get their – I mean, JC's talked about this, and I'll, I want to turn it over and let you two do all the talking as much as y'all can. Y'all know more than I do. But um, it does seem like with the portal, it looks like they have, for the most part – I know they still want a quarterback, but it looks like they have really filled their needs. Um, running back, wide receiver – defensive tackle, defensive end. They needed all those things, and those are the first commitments they've gotten there. Oh, sure. And running back, obviously, was the big, uh, uh, I guess, the glaring 
question that you needed after Mario Anderson, you know, very surprisingly transferred. So who'd they go get? Well, we'll just go get Rocket Sanders, you know, first team all SEC two years ago. No big deal. And then you get Oscar Attaway from North Texas and then uh, Jawarn Howell from SC State. So not only did you fill that room for what you needed, you really improved it over what you had. So that was the big glaring need. They obviously addressed that uh, with quarterback. And I think I've spoken this on the show before. From what I understand, Dowell Loggins with an NFL background, he's moving forward into kind of making that an NFL room to where you really only have three guys that you're talking about. That said, you know you got to have more depth. So right now they've got Lenoris, they've got Luke Doty, they've got Dante Reno. They got to go find another one. We know what happened with AJ Swan. He was coming, then he wasn't. Again, it's the craziness of signing day. So I think if they're going to get a quarterback, it's going to be tough to pull one from the portal because if you do, you're probably looking at a guy saying, I want to go somewhere and play. And right now they can't guarantee that. So maybe you can find a guy who who can do that. But mostly I'm thinking that they start looking around at the local high schools or just somewhere in state and say, do you have a guy, pretty good quarterback or an athlete that might want to come here as a PWO, maybe as a scholarship guy, and just play, you know, compete for a backup role? Because you got to have depth in that spot. So don't know if they'll get another quarterback out of the portal. I certainly don't think one will happen today in any case. But there's a long time before they actually have to have one, as in August 1, let's call it, you know, first day of season camp. So, um, again, I do think the future of that room is to get it to more of an NFL style to where you've really only got three guys and you're talking to them. But as we all know, guys, it was only two years ago, South Carolina started four different QBs in one season. So you've got to have somebody else in that room. And as they always say, you know, you're supposed to bring in one quarterback a class. Dante Reno was that guy this year. And he's obviously very excited to be here. And he was instrumental in recruiting the rest of this class. Yeah. What what do y'all think about? What do you think about a, a, a quarterback maybe from the FCS level, somebody that might emerge in the spring market? JC, you want to take that one? Well, I, I said yesterday, David, I think Dowell Loggins been in the NFL 20 years. Those guys are pretty good at going and digging quarterbacks up. Your Garoppolo's, your Tony Romo's, your Josh Allen's, uh, the Bears backup this year, as dysfunctional and awful as that franchise is. I mean, they found, he was an undrafted free agent from Shepherd's College in West Virginia, and Fields got hurt, and man, he, he came in there and looked like he belonged. Uh, and I think it's going to be that type of guy. You know, I know they're still kind of talking to Malik Murphy a little bit, but I think it's got to be that type of guy that's better than people think. Um, the kid from Western Kentucky that came off the bench and threw five touchdowns to lead the team back to victory the other night. You know, maybe that kind of guy. And and I think that, you know, we, we haven't really seen Dowell from an evaluation standpoint. He's got the 2026 kid committed. Uh, who's good, right? Uh, but he kind of inherited Reno. Uh, Sellers was already a guy people were interested in. Um, so you know, we're about to find out about his evaluation ability, which I would, I would think it would be pretty doggone good. Um, considering this is the same kind of thing, you got to go scour the earth uh, for a guy that can come in and fit, and you know, fits in more than one way, not just good quarterback or whatever. You know, a guy that can fit in and, and that's okay with whatever role, whether that's starter or otherwise, that he gets. 
Yeah, and that's what I think, too. I mean, it's a case of where, again, if there's quarterbacks in the portal, those guys are going somewhere else to play mm-hmm. or else it, and to start. I mean, or else it was a case like Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma or uh, Riley Leonard from Duke. As soon as those guys entered the portal, how many of the crystal balls of the forecast do we see? Oh, he's going to Oregon. Oh, he's going to Notre Dame. Guys, we all know what's happening there. You know, they entered because they knew that they had a spot carved out for them. So, yeah. any of the others who were just kicking the tires, I mean, I know it, it was out there and it was immediately squashed with KJ Jefferson. Then it became another thing and it's been re immediately squashed with KJ Jefferson. It's not going to happen here. It's not. So, we'll see what happens too with the Southern Cal quarterback. I'm in agreement with JC. It's like, if the guy's interested, you never want to turn it down. But that guy's not coming in here to ride the bench, and he's not coming in here to necessarily be a backup. So you can't even say, we're going to let you compete. No, I, I, I think I'm good enough to not compete, and I need to be promised that job. So if you get a guy out of the portal, it's going to have to be a guy who understands you're probably going to be, at best, fighting for the job because we think we have our starter already in place. So you do go look at an FCS uh, you know, program. You do go look at some of the others. Or like I said before, just go around to some of these other high schools and say, are there athletes that play quarterback that might be able to do that uh, You know, if we needed them to? A lot of these guys on this team, let's just say DQ Smith, for example, played quarterback in high school. He was part of the trend, who's your best athlete? Put him back there behind center. That's what you got to do. Xavier Leggett played a little bit of QB at Mullins before he uh, switched back to wideout. So he, you do got to have some depth in that case, but I think it's one of those, if you're running up against numbers and you need something at another position, which they can always use, a, again, like a, a top wide receiver, a top defensive back, you say you're pretty good on quarterback. You just need to go find a body before next August. And then you go concentrate on getting that playmaker out of the portal. David Kloniger with the Post and Courier. It's 12-17 here on this Wednesday. Bad news. December the 20th. Bad news. Bad news. Okay. Right. Yeah, on this day. And it's kind of, kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of chaps my ass a little bit. Yeah. Jalen Nichols is in the portal. Hmm. Uh, well, for those that didn't understand it, that don't know, and I didn't say anything about it, he was going to get in the portal last year last after year. the spring game and yeah. got hurt, I guess, with the rehab. But he, he had agreed to come back and had an NIL deal and everything. So look for North Carolina to maybe be involved with that one. That I sucks because they need him. I mean, that's that's your starting left tackle for next year. Um, hmm. mm. Now, that, that, that one – that one kind of gets me a little more than juice just because I thought everything was okay with that guy. Yeah. I would say uh, look for North Carolina to be strongly involved in that. How would you, how would you say that? I would venture to say. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, okay. Well, there you go. There's another spot on the offensive line. I, you know what? But when you look at, and that's where I was going next with this anyway. So dynamite drop in money, that broadcasting school is really paying off for you. Um, you know, this, this this class here, DC. I mean, you, you're talking about two. I talked to Greg Atkins a couple of months ago. I mean, this is coming from him. Clearly, he's going to be a little bit more, you know, one sided on this. But he was like, uh, "We have we have two five star tackles. I don't care what the rankings say. They love Cam Pringle, um, and they love Josiah Thompson. Clearly, who is actually ranked as a five star. Cam is a high four, and then." And then you got Blake Franks, uh, who JC says projects as more of an interior guy down the road out of out of Greenville. But 
I mean, it's it's just three linemen. Um, you know, it's not five or anything like that. But DC, here's another one. You you can make the argument. This is probably the best group we've ever seen on paper. And down the road, we'll have to see if it pans out that way. Yeah, sure. And uh, you know, you always look at it and say, we'll know about these guys in two or three years if they can really play. If they can can come in and contribute right away. Obviously, with this news, it may. Uh, you know, push the envelope a little further and saying which one of these great wall of Carolina offensive linemen, which one of these guys can go ahead and come in and make an immediate impact. And no, it is not desirable to have a true freshman out there playing on the offensive line. Uh, at this point, you know, during this season, they had no other choice. They had to do it. They just didn't have anybody else. And now you might have uh, a little more of that this year. So, uh, at least it's happening now. It's not happening after the spring. And in a case of experience, it was, well, at least you're used to not playing without Jalen Nichols. Of course, you, you couldn't do it all of last year. So, yes, it is a surprise uh, uh, because everything looked to be good, but that's the way things happen this day and age. So we'll see uh, what happens. But you you look at the guys that did get experience this year, and if nothing else, the offensive line, got a lot of experience because so many of them got hurt. You had to keep shuffling guys in. So you'll just have to find a new guy in there. Or there could be other guys in the transfer portal now that you can say, I want to go get that guy now. So could be that there's not going to be a delay on the press conference today. But keep in mind that, yes, it's signing day, but the portal is open till January 2nd. So there's still a whole lot of days that this thing can go that they could possibly find another one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think this kind of increases the likelihood Big Tree stays at tackle this year instead of sliding inside. And you got the interior, you still got Ball, you got Marky Anderson, you got Vershawn Lee. That other tackle spot, though, man, they, like I said, I mentioned putting Case and Henry in bubble wrap yesterday because his injury is one where you just can cannot keep rushing it back. Uh, he's just got to stay off of it. Um, he's certainly capable, but I, I do think this – I think this was bad. This is this is not a positive thing uh, unless they do find a guy in the portal that's a, a starter, uh, kind of like the kid that from Texas Tech that went to Louisville. But uh, I, you know that was Jalen was a guy that you you know because he started so long, he's been there so long, you feel comfortable about him, you know, getting out there and, and being your guy. But uh, you know it couldn't all be sunshine and rainbows uh, today, and so that's. Uh, that's bad. That one, uh, that one stings. But uh, does this raise a flag with O line coaching? I, I don't know what it would have to do with coaching yet. Well, it's interesting timing. Yeah. You know, you enter the portal on signing. It day. is, yeah. And, and I remember everything too. Remember, I did say this almost happened last year out of nowhere. And had he not gotten hurt in the spring game, they were planning on him not being there. I mean, they they, they thought North Carolina had uh, gotten him. Uh, now, the last I'd heard on this, he was fine. I, I know for a fact he accepted – I think he signed an NIL deal with Garnet Trust. Uh, but um, who knows? Who knows? I, I like Jalen. He's a good kid, but it's just kind of, you know, man, it, it, you're going to sit here and rehab all year and, and, and be a part of the team and talk about you coming back and then bolt. I mean, I, I don't I don't get that. But that's usually how that goes down. Marshawn Lloyd left the same way. So, you know. Uh, DC, the quarterback in this class is Dante Reno. He's probably been the biggest cheerleader outside of the program for well over a year now. What do you, what do you make of him and his talent and what the Gamecocks are getting? 
I mean, the, the, the numbers speak for themselves. The kid's been committed since July of two, 2022. So it's a long time he's been in there, never wavered. He was the guy that immediately signed and started talking to all his buddies, all the other ones in the class, saying, hey, come you know, come play with me. Let's really build something special. That's the kind of thing you want to have in that he's bought in. Uh, just from a couple of conversations I've had with him, his coaches, his parents, it's one of those where – he knows, you know, kind of the situation here, but in that, you know, it looks like certainly looks like Lenar Sellers will be QB one, but he's also viewing as like, well, hey, okay, but let me just go in there and see what I can do. Um, he know he's coming in unafraid. He knows that he can come in here and really show off what he can do. He's got a great arm. Uh, if you guys hadn't seen the last pass of his high school career, it was for the game winning touchdown in the the league that they're in, their state championship, I believe. Uh, I'm going to get the initials wrong, but the New England private school, they call it the bowl, and they they won the state championship on his last throw in high school. So, uh, you know, good kid, uh, great talent, uh, just kind of continuing that Northeast uh, pipeline uh, coming down here to Columbia. And you always got to get a quarterback. That's who everybody's going to pay a lot of attention to. And now, like I said, you know, you've got three guys in that room. There may be one more, there may not, but those three guys are probably going to be who plays. So we'll see what happens uh, as we get toward the spring practice. I'm looking forward to getting a definitive answer from Shane Beamer today, even though I kind of already know the answer about like, all right, now what's the deal going to be, especially now that you don't have a fourth quarterback, what are you going to do with Luke Doty? Is he going to be a permanent wide receiver? He kind of answered it by saying, well, he's looking forward to kind of sticking the role that he's in where he mostly reps at receiver, but can't go to quarterback. I'm like, okay, is he going to get a shot to start? I don't want to make it seem like it's any kind of competition or anything, but it's like, is that an option? Or do you kind of like him as he's an emergency guy to fill in? Cause you're kind of running out of bodies. That being said, if that's, is the answer terrific for Luke, you, you upgrade your receiver room there, but now Reno's number two. Right. Okay. And it should be a very interesting spring. So, you know, it's it's what you got to have. Of course, no spot's going to be promised. But, of course, you look at social media right now, everybody's already carving that Heisman out for Lenaris in a couple of years. So we'll I see know. what happens. Uh, but, you know, they've got talent in that room. They just need one more body to really just kind of fill it out because even while the fourth guy's not going to get many reps, you got to have that fourth guy. Again, Two years ago, I, I remember distinctly, I was sitting uh, at my sister's house in Hartsville. We we're all in the pool, having fun with my boy and all. And then I get a text, hey, man, thought you ought to know Luke Doty broke his foot today. I'm like, excuse me? And that kind of shot the whole day. And, and I go to practice. I'm like, who's that number 25 out there throwing the ball? Oh, that's Zeb. Who? <laughs> Zeb's dead, baby. Zeb's dead. <laughs> Two weeks later, there's Zeb starting the first game. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, terrific. So. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we've come a long way around here, haven't we? You know, you, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, somebody was trying to make the argument the other day that there's another coach in the league up at Missouri who uh, in, in, uh, had uh, done more with less or whatever. And, and I'm like, wait a second. In year one, Shane, Shane Beamer took a team to a bowl game and got mayonnaise dumped on his head with 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 the uh, with with a grad assistant, a quarterback. 
What do you mean Four 10 more or less? How much yeah. less can you do it with than that? I, a, dude, I, a dude with a broken foot, a graduate assistant quarterback, and a, and a D2 guy. Yeah. I, um, all right. And all that good yeah. stuff. So Amazing they won yeah. seven games with that. Amazing. Yeah, it was. You know, it was amazing. Now, That's, uh, that, it is interesting good. to think about it, right? Now that the dust has settled, that they won seven games that year. I mean, yeah, and then they finally figured out who the best quarterback on the roster was in, in the bowl game. <laughs> they didn't play him until the end, you know. Uh, come to find out, I, th- I think 2019, 2020, and 2021, DeCarion probably could have been the starting quarterback here, and things would have probably been a little better. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how he fit into the, the sad attack with all the – he'd probably done something really good and sat with a bitch for not running his plays. But – uh Bobo and, and then Bobo didn't know really. Bobo's not a dual threat play right. caller either. But BMAC sure as hell could have used him in nineteen. They probably wouldn't have gone four and eight with uh, everybody's favorite one hit wonder, Ryan Helensky playing. So uh, that's the thing right there. But um, yeah. yeah, that 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 was a miracle, uh, and and it is. You know, as sad as it was to go five and seven with Spencer Rattler back there, that 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 first team kind of makes up for it. Uh, David, kind of, I'll ask you because you know, kind of, you're not in the recruiting thick of things, so to speak. You don't have to cover it, but does it feel different this year to you? Like, do you think the portal has become like a black hole as far as it goes? Because I, because I, I, this whole week is like signing day, and I'm usually fired up about it, and I'm like, oh yeah. This year, it's just like the transfer portals just suck the life out of it. I mean, this Jalen Nichols news is going viral quicker than Dylan Stewart signing today. So, um, your thoughts on, on that and how it's kind of changed what you got to pay attention to as a member of the media? I, I feel you know extremely bad for the coaches who you know a big part of the job, a huge part of the job is recruiting, and it's not just going to get this kid and getting his commitment, getting his signature. You got to keep talking to him. You know, even after he says, "I'm going to come play for you," you got to keep talking to him and making sure they feel that that's you know they're they're where they need to be. But then uh, with transfer portal coming on, it's one more thing you got to worry about. And you know that when the kids decide to transfer. They don't even have to tell you as the coach. They don't. All they got to do is tell their compliance officer at the university. And then you might be as surprised as anybody else saying, excuse me, what? He's in the portal too, and but you just have to deal with it. So I get what you're saying, JC. I mean, of course, when in the old days, signing day was in February. You're going around. You mostly know what's going to happen, but there's always a few surprises. Now it's pretty much as soon as that last game of the regular season ends – you have to block out quite a few days on your schedule when we do what we do to say who's entering and who's not, who's going to be back because it can be anyone at any time. And with this recent ruling that the NCAA has handed to it, now there's not even any more restrictions on how many times you can transfer. That may stay, that may not, but at least for right now, open season, you want to leave, there's no penalty. So you just have to keep looking around. You have to make sure that you're talking to a guy and you say, we've got a good understanding. But even then, as JC mentioned, you may have an understanding and then all of a sudden, hey, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So it does get to a point to where the, I guess, the the agony and the ecstasy of this day gets taken down because the transfer portal is just every day. 
you know? Right. And every time you, you wake up and think, well, who could be leaving today? Who could be coming today? And it's just something that you have to, you know, keep up with as well. So I do not envy the coaches for what they have to do. I don't envy, you know, <laughs> my, my fellow compadres in the business because every time it's there, it's like, all right, well, you go confirm it. And once that's done, you say, all right, well, this is out, but there's nothing you can do about it. It's just you get in or, or you're gone. And uh, I guess the old phrase is adapt or die. This is what you have to deal with. So South Carolina gets some bad news that it's projected starting left tackle is not going to be here next year. Okay. But you immediately have to start looking at not so much a silver lining, but could there be good news that comes out of it? Sure. You lost your starting running back unexpectedly. Ended up getting an all SEC guy, right? Maybe that can happen. Maybe there's some great offensive linemen in the portal right now who you know you can get. Maybe there are other guys that will enter that you know you can get. And no matter what, you've at least got the whole card of having the spring session when the portal opens as well. So it's rough, but you have to deal with it. And, again, I know that the the coaches that I talk to and not just at South Carolina all over, they can't stand it. They cannot stand that you think you have a your roster in a good place and it's all set and then all of a sudden gone. Somebody else leaves. But there's nothing you can do about it. And it's because the NCAA boogered this up from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And when they said it's like, hey, this is this is cool now, you you figure it out. Like, okay. So it's just the way it's gonna be, and you have to deal with it. Braylon Lee, by the way, he flips to Maryland. I've told you guys for a while, don't be mad. It's just a family thing. I think his dad died recently. And uh, he actually passed away before he committed to Carolina. But, look, we, we having lost a parent at that age, as time goes on and it gets, it gets real, you know, it's hard to leave mom, especially if mom doesn't want you to leave. Uh, so, unlike – Jay Sean Barham, which was a complete clown show when, when he huh. decided to stay home and go to Maryland. And now notice he's at Michigan. Um, please don't hate on that guy. And uh, by the way, somebody in the chat box said Jalen Nichols was going off on the fan base uh, on Instagram, responding to the Mario Anderson thing. Number one fans, that's why you don't get into it. and You don't give players an opening to criticize you, but uh, uh, so I get it. But um I guess it had some enterprising person that uh, uh, I don't know who pays attention to all that Instagram stuff, but uh, I guess we could have seen it coming because he mentioned that the fan base was broke. How about that? Broke. That's and I'm like, just because you're not getting a whole bunch of money. I mean, what have you done to really, I mean, are you, I'm sorry, are you a first round. I mean, you're lucky. You'll be lucky to be drafted. Jalen, you're a good college player. I don't know how much anybody else has offered you, but you can go get that there. Go, because you're probably not going to make it in the NFL. Mm. Anyway, just my two cents. Yeah, I think, D.C., that's uh, – and we'll, we'll let you run here in just a minute too, but I, that's one of the things that it's it's this is growing, and, and I don't like it at all. The fans and, and players going back and forth at each other and players leaving, taking shots at fan bases, fans taking shots at players – it's just knock it off. Like, you know, let, let, let's be adults here, you know, in there an adult in the room somewhere. I mean, come on guys. No, it, I mean, so, social media, there is no adult in the room. There's no, there are no adults. Yeah, there's a lot of people get real brave when they're sitting behind an anonymous handle on a keyboard. Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it, it, it drives no me up the wall. And no. JC just was 
he's got a good point. Like that doesn't everybody sees it, and you know, you, you, there's eighty thousand people that walk into that ballpark every week at South Carolina in the fall, and if you get one moron or two morons that do something stupid on social media, it becomes addictive of the entire fan base. And, and it's just embarrassing. People just need to just leave it alone. And the thing with the players, you know, like this kid is going to transfer, you know, this is part of his resume. It's going to follow him. And, uh, and I don't understand why these young men don't understand this stuff. It makes no sense to me. Well, and look, if you're a fan out there, understand, and it's never the folks on Big Spur. It's never the folks that we interact with here. It's a subsection of the fan base that they're lucky to know who's on the damn roster, right? But their two cents are more valuable to them than than gold, you know. And, and, and they've almost become – I don't want to say it's a mental illness, but it is. Like they're mentally addicted to Twitter and think that all of a sudden, you know, they're relevant in the grand conversation of think, Guess what? You're not. If you, you, what you say on Twitter as a fan uh, means absolutely not a damn thing to anybody. You don't matter. You may have think you have a voice, but you don't. All you do when you say things like that is make things worse. Makes things worse. And I'm all for it. it's freedom of speech. Everybody can have an opinion you want, but you know that your speech does have consequences when you talk out of your rectum, so uh, or type out of your rectum as it is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, today's about the players who are going to play at South Carolina. Uh, D.C., we know you'll have that all covered in the post curve. Before we let you go, Gamecock basketball, the men's side. Uh, you know, the last two haven't been pretty, but th- th- they do have a tradition around here. It's called losing those games, and they haven't done that. At least they're winning. They're now 10-1 and one for the first time since the 2015-2016 team. That team itself thought that they probably got shafted. They should have been in the tournament. Uh, they weren't. The next year they went to the Final Four. But anyways, at the end of the day, we got Elon coming up next and then Florida A&M. They're staring 12-1 in the face if they can get there. And then, wow, that uh, Mississippi State game becomes enormous in Columbia on January the 6th. Yeah, I mean, it's like I've said, I'm, I'm not trying to be David Downer. I'm not because it's fun to be winning again. It is fun to be winning again. And you guys mentioned it. You know, all the early November, December losses of the past four or five years. And those just tanked the season before it ever got started. Because you knew that no matter what, you would probably get to the time of year where you present your resume to the committee and they're like, you lost to who? See ya. (laughs) That's just how it is at South Carolina because they don't have the historical tradition of being a tournament team. This is what I believe, you know. If it's somebody like Syracuse and they have a bad year, like, ah, geez, Cuse is only 19 and 13. I don't think we can take them. Oh, man, that's Syracuse. You got to get them in. Come on, man, get, take them in. And they go. Well, South Carolina, it's like they lost to who? Illinois State. Yeah, say it. Bye. Yeah. So that's where the frustration came in because you knew that those early losses were just going to be that albatross around the neck. They don't have one of those right now, and they shouldn't have uh, after the next two games with Elon and, and Famu because, you know, those are – that this schedule was made for a reason for this team to get some confidence, get some hay in the barn. And, no, they haven't been pretty, but they've been scrap fights the last three games, and they've won them all. So that's the thing you like to have, to get some confidence in there to say, okay, you can do this. I mean, last night, uh, no, it, it wasn't the most uh, flawlessly executed game – a lot of it was the officiating. I mean, I got there, and after I'm checking off the roster, I always look at the refs. I'm like, well, let's see who the three stripes are. Pat Adams. Great. This is going to be a fun game. 
<laughs> there's there's four men's officials. If I see their name on there, I'm like, this ain't, nope. ain't going to be good. And he's number one because you just know what's going to happen, and it happened. But they won the game. Everything's cool. Um, and it's, it's just fun to be winning. Now, the main thing is that, yes, there's a lot to work on. That Mississippi State game is going to be big because it's at home to start SEC. Right now, their best player, Tolu Griffin, he has not played all year because he broke his foot over the offseason. He is on track to play. That doesn't mean he will. Whether he plays or not, that's one you got to get that one. You got to get that one. You'll be 1 0 in the league because those next two, you're like, hmm. <laughs> uh, the, and that whole first month of January, the, the league may be the best it's ever been, top to bottom. So it's just a case of you get in there and you just can't get overwhelmed early. Uh, these kind of tough games, it's getting to the point to where all basketball teams can really get in this mode if you don't have just a super superior team. Say, listen, just just hang in there. Hang in there to the last media timeout. Get within a bucket or two in the last four minutes. We'll see if we can steal one here and there. And a lot of times that worked. I mean, last year, we all knew it was a, a lost cause. That season was over before it started. They just didn't have the talent. But they had to know that that season was over. And the last eight, ten games, they still fought their butts off. And they won some big games. Number two pick in the draft don't go for 40 points. They beat Alabama, who ended up winning the league, you know. Right. So it's good to see that team winning, to have some confidence. And then, of course, the ladies went on the road with a tough environment where it was really cold. And they put on a career performance, uh, made their first 10 shots, uh, five threes. Chloe Kitts had a career high. Breezy Hall played outstanding. And they're going to have a long break now. They don't play again until December 30th, but they're undefeated. They're number one um, with <laughs> with the women's team as much as I like it. I'm like, I kind of get the sense maybe Coach Staley wouldn't mind losing one of these. <laughs> Just go ahead and get the pressure off, you know, but <laughs> – We'll see what happens in in conference play. Right now, the countdown is on for them, January 25th at LSU. So that will be the one, but there's a lot of basketball to be played. But either way, it's good for winning. Uh, One last note on signing day, I guess the only guy who they had in the uh, coffer is Jaden McGowan, who I haven't seen a letter from yet. They haven't announced Mm. it yet. So we'll see what's happening there. All the others were, you know, expected or expected additions, expected subtractions. So we'll see what happens. But JC, if you got an update on Jaden McGowan, uh, he'll, he'll either be heading to the uh, Boston Tea Party, uh, you know, and take taking what I think is a ridiculous NIL offer. But this is America, right? So your your market value is what someone's willing to pay you, uh, or or he'll come to South Carolina. I mean. Uh, the trend was he's still coming to Carolina. I mean, he's still committing and decommitted or anything, but we'll see what happens with that one. I, I, I just, um, if someone's willing to pay him what people think or have rumored to pay him, then, you know, Boston's nice, uh, except for the winter, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's a nice town. You can go get lobster down on the dock, lobster bisque, and hang out with the socks, you know. So I don't know, but uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm not. I'll tell you this: I'm not worried about it. I, I mean, either way, South Carolina's going to be fine. But um, I know that there was one um, prospect today who was not planning to 
have his ceremony or sign his letter until 425 central time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who that was, but obviously Jaden is in Nashville right now. Um, yeah. So I don't know if there will be a Jaden McGowan listed on the official report. We get at three o'clock, but that doesn't mean anything. It just means like, well, they just may not have the paperwork out yet. So we'll see what happens. Shane will talk at three. I'm going to ask him some other things about general housekeeping uh, with football as well. So be sure to stay tuned with that. And uh, yeah, you know, we'll just keep on keeping on. Portal stays open until January 2nd. So hopefully there's no more bad news and some more good news and can start getting that roster together for spring ball. DC. Yep. Let me clarify this. Everybody out there griping about it. Jalen Nichols did not, oh, take the money and run. He just signed the deal. So there's no, he hasn't, they tore the contract up when he got in the portal. So he's not, unlike Juice, who did receive compensation. He he's he hasn't, because I see everybody, you know, the, oh, it just took our fans' money and, and ran. No, he didn't. He, he, um, he uh, did not get, they did not execute that contract yet. So he's good, good to go. DC, uh, can't thank you enough for the extended time today. We know you'll be busy uh, with uh, Gamecock football and basketball the rest of the week, but most importantly, the end of the week and early next week is Christmas, and I hope you and your family and your little boy have the merriest of Christmases. Thanks for all you do, not really just for us, but for all the Gamecocks uh, because you cover it so well. It, it makes us all better, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I hope you got a good, good Santa set up ready to roll. Good sound. Absolutely. Um, with that, I'm going to play a game I invented called Race the Six Pack. <laughs> if I can put together his bicycle before I finish the Sixer, I win. And Race the Six Pack. So, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, you can't lose that game. It's a game I, you cannot lose. I encourage it for all you dads out there who know what we go through on Christmas Eve. So. Oh, I played that game. I didn't realize oh, it had a name. God. I like. It. I gotta go um, find my ratchet set. I don't know what I did with it. It's somewhere yeah. down in the basement. I, I, I luckily it's gonna be a little, little. It won't be like thirty here on Christmas Eve. I've got a whole play set outside and a basketball goal that need to get. So I'm, I'm with you. I'll be racing. Uh, so I don't know if it'll be beer, but it'll be racing <laughs> something. Yeah. I asked the wife. I said, uh, you know, is he too young for gift cards? And she looked <laughs> at me and said, he's three. So I said. Is that a no? I, I mean, <laughs> we so can start trying to pull something on Amazon and let him pick. <laughs> so, so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> I can see you sitting there with a three year old. No, no, that's more than twenty five. No, no. I mean, he's just gonna be playing with the paper in the box anyway, right? Right. So. Yeah. Right. Right. It's how you teach math. Exactly. The box is always more valuable at that age. There's, there's no, there's no question. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we're going to take him, take him to his first basketball game over Christmas break. So see how he likes that. Well, awesome. you know, y'all enjoy it. Have, have a very Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And, uh, and we look forward to getting you back here in a, in a couple of weeks, hopefully uh, with a big, big, big basketball game on the horizon. Sounds good. Sounds good guys. Happy holidays and uh, hope it's a great Christmas night. There you go. Hey, old DC and the 49ers. Dave Conniger of the Post and Courier. All right, we've got to take a timeout. We've got plenty to get into still with the uh, position groups, and uh, we haven't gotten into our portal capsules yet either. So the final hour and 14 minutes, we'll be, we'll be humping it, but it'll be worth it. Plenty of info to give you here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in a plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Hey Gamecock fans, Mike Borkin here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington at the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. 
tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving Williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches every time. 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, elliptigos, and more. Proud partners of Carolina Rise, Inside the Gamecocks, and the Chief Sports Network. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com, 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment, this holiday season. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Yep, he'll be here in just a few short days. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston and also proudly presented by their sister store, Charleston Fitness Equipment, the home of the Hydro Rower. That is keeping me in shape this holiday season, thankfully. Too much uh, chicken cock whiskey and too much Dixie vodka and too much food and too much everything snacks you know the sweets i mean you can't i can't i'm not one of those people who's like well look i'm gonna watch what i eat this no you're not i mean come on get out of here with that you know you're not gonna do it so just don't even try um so thankfully the hydro rower 20 25 30 minutes a day keeps me feeling good and allows me to continue to clog my arteries up every holiday season charlestonfitnessequipment.com and of course electricbikescharleston.com uh, they've got the sweetest deals out there when it comes to electric bikes here in the Palmetto State. All right, we've still got an hour to go. It's a short, quick uh, segment. A couple other things. This has nothing to do with National Signing Day, but anybody, anybody having to see the Citadel just traveling up to South Bend last night and embarrass Notre Dame in basketball? That ain't good for the Gamecocks net ranking. Uh, but uh, congratulations to the Citadel. They whipped them, beat them by 20 on their home floor. So congratulations yeah. uh, to them. Also Notre Dame's lost the Citadel and Western Carolina. Yeah, they're they're not they're not good. Did Western Carolina hold on against Vandy last night? Yes. Western Carolina beat Vandy with a last second layup right at the buzzer. Phil's uh, Colloe Catamounts, baby. Woo! Right. There you go, Phil. 
All right. That's uh that does Carolina's net ranking no good. Neither one of those results are good for South Carolina. But it's still it's still kind of funny. And it does show you like everybody there's a lot of gnashing of teeth about these last two games. Not as bad as I thought it would be, because I don't know if you guys felt this way, but Charleston Southern and Winthrop both. Sometimes when Carolina in the past has lost games like that or played teams closer than they should be, I've walked away going, good God, they, they played terrible, they were awful, whatever. These were weird in the sense I never thought Carolina played bad. I thought, you know, some players didn't play their best. They uh, frustratingly missed some layups. But I never thought at any point Carolina was going to lose either game. And they ended yeah. up almost – they ended up uh, – they didn't cover the spread against Winthrop, but the spread was 10. They won by 10. So, I don't know, man. Do you know? Uh, and like Portland Insider points out, a lot of SEC teams have lost – I mean, UNC Wilmington beat the mighty Kentucky Wildcats at Rupp. You know, I, I think I think college basketball teams these days sometimes have a, a lack of attention lapses <laughs> – and uh, and these games in December are hard because there's to Carolina fans' credit, I think the CLA has been relatively. They've had some good crowds, thanks to I guess seven thousand free hot dogs they had to give out to get them there. But uh, <laughs> they've been pretty good crowds. But it's it's these December games against these teams are tough because you're going to get those teams' best shot. You know, it, it's not like the place is packed. It's uh, you got Christmas break, exams, all that stuff going. So. You know, I'm not. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, I agree. They can't play like they played the last two games and expect to win much in the SEC. But I'm not. I don't think they will. You know, I think. Uh, uh, I think. I think. You know, this team just needs to keep winning and uh, working on things, and uh, and then regroup and get ready for for conference play. I mean, so so you got two weeks after Elon. You have one game. Uh, against Florida A&M on the 30th and then Mississippi State's the following Saturday. So you, you got some time to get ready to roll. But uh, uh, it, it was just weird, though, because I, I never I, – I, I got frustrated because the other teams were making shots and Carolina was missing at times. And somebody mentioned the four offensive rebound possession went their pad right before Carolina got a steal from Jacoby Wright, went on a big run to, to kind of salt it away. But I, uh, I, I never kind of wanted to yell at the TV or – as I normally do sometimes during basketball, uh, I didn't think there were a lot of bad shots being put up. I don't know. Encouraging sign. Sounds weird to say after two struggles with big South teams, but uh, uh, I think this team still uh, got a chance. Well, again, I just go back to pretty much every year. I mean, they always find a way to lose one of these and, and they, they haven't done that. They've actually found ways to win them. And, um, and, yeah, I mean, Mississippi State has a Q4 loss. They've also got a Q3 loss. I think Arkansas has got a Q3 loss. I mean, there's, you know, there's, if you pay attention to the scores around the country, um, you know, these, the better teams in college basketball are certainly doing what they're doing. But, you know, a lot of these teams that are good, like South Carolina, they're not blowing everybody out. That's not what's happening. I mean, they're, they're having to hang on. And, and then you get into league play and, your style of play changes a little bit. I mean, some of these guys, there's a lot going on right now. This is a weird time of the year for college basketball players. I talked to Frank about this when I was on ESPN a few years ago. You got exams. You've got uh, kids trying to run home real quick and then run back real quick. 
uh, you have breaks because of those exams. So you have like extended periods of time where you're not playing games, unlike the rest of the year. Um, you got different practice schedules. Um, he, he, I remember him mentioning to me, I, I swear, he said, I swear, Jamie, every time you turn the, the calendar into December, the, the whole team gets sick. Now, whether the, everybody knows that or not, it, it's a different story, but it, they always get sick. You know, they're in there, it's going along, around the locker room, and you just kind of get very just dull. Things are just dull. You're just now, now you're ready to go play in the league. And, um, and, and that makes sense, you know, so you, can you fight through those things or not? And this team has been fighting through them under Lamont Paris. So can't take anything away from them. They're 10 and one and uh, they've got Elon, as you just mentioned at six o'clock on Friday, Derek and Casey on the call, five thirty airtime, six o'clock tip time at the CLA still free hot dog, popcorn. And we are out of town. Yeah. You could tell Derek was uh, kind of done on the officiating last night, too. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, it just... Yeah. Driving around, you know, and because I didn't get to watch it, so I had to get the radio call. But you, you could tell uh, old Mr. Scott was uh, about fed up with the way that game was being called by the end of it last night. <laughs> yeah, I... Exactly. For those that like to compare scores, Winthrop beat Elon earlier this year, 78-70 in Rock Hill. So there's there's a score comparison for you. I don't know what kind of – I mean, Winthrop, I don't know. About – and, I, and I, I did get some feedback Winthrop. on the on the Nichols transfer. Okay. We'll get into some of that when we return, plus uh, the portal capsules and more. Merry Christmas. Inside the Gamecocks will be right back. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin and Rescues and Resin. company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina, and we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product, and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
With a little love and some tenderness We'll walk upon the water We'll rise above the mist With a little peace and some harmony We'll take the world together We'll take them by the All right, it's the final hour, Wednesday, December the 20th. It's our final Wednesday of 2023. As a matter of fact, tomorrow will be our final day of 2023 here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be off for the holidays and JC's wedding, and then we'll all reconvene in the month that they call January, which no offense if you were born in January, but it is the worst month ever. It is cold, and there's nothing to do. Outside of um, sit around and literally that's it. Just sit around. There's nothing else to do in January. So uh, anyways, welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Doco. Gamecockstraditions.com this holiday season. All of our partners are all available on the Chief Sports app. For those that may be uh, new to our programming, uh, first and foremost, welcome. Make sure you've downloaded downloaded the app. It's free, Chief Sports, and we have all of our partners on there. We also have additional programming on there. Sports Talk is an affiliate of the Chief Sports Network. So is Chin Music, an amazing, amazing program uh, with uh, Chad Holbrook and friends. If you haven't listened to that, it's an actual podcast. And some of the conversations, Roy Williams, Blake Mitchell, Mark Bryan, uh, soon to be Whit Merrifield and more. It is awesome. Um, of course, JC and Morgan is on there. We have some additional national programming and uh, and the late-night Gamecock show with Matt Anderson. So that is all part of our network that is growing 2024. You will see just how wide this network will begin to stretch as it grows more and more. JC, Phil, myself, JB here until uh, 2 o'clock uh, this afternoon. Uh, recapping National Signing Day, an eventful morning this morning for South Carolina. In case you have missed anything, you haven't really missed too much, the breaking news out of the football program is that uh, offensive tackle Jalen Nichols will enter the transfer portal. JC did spill the beans a little while ago. This was going to happen last year. Uh, and then he got hurt in the spring game and South Carolina ended up uh, making some things work out so he could return, but he has decided to depart. Look for North Carolina to be a, a, in the mix down the stretch here. Uh, and then on the recruiting side of things um, last night, a good night for, Gamecock football and re- receiving a commitment in the wide receiver room, something that they needed to continue to beef up, especially if we um, if we don't know what the future of Jaden McGowan is. But DeBron Gatling is in, and he is signed this morning. Uh, Braden Lee, defensive back out of the uh, Maryland area, has flipped to Maryland. That is a family situation. Best of luck and prayers with his family. 
uh, because they have uh, had a tragedy in that family over the last couple of weeks or a few weeks, I guess. And uh, Jamarian Lang, as reported by Hale McGranahan earlier in the week, not expected to sign with Carolina. He did not. He has inked with Toledo, and it looks like he will play wide receiver at the next level. Uh, he was going to be moved to defensive back in Columbia. So that those are really the highlights. Uh, Carolina's class right now currently sits at 15th overall. That is the transfer portal ranking plus the signing class ranking, uh, which is kind of the new way of doing things. So the Gamecocks currently in the top 15 across college football. Winners and losers out there, uh, if you are kind of just catching up on all that, Alabama and Georgia are certainly winners. There is no question about that. Uh, they have just continued to sign players. Bama has signed some, a couple more guys today, uh, and they've kind of closed the gap on Georgia. But it looks like Georgia will hang on to the top spot in uh, college football. After Bama, it's Florida State and Ohio State uh, from the recruiting or uh, from the uh, high school side of things. Again, overall, Carolina – well, I guess they've just gotten back, bumped back to 16th overall. 16th overall. It's still Georgia and guess who? Alabama. One and two. And that is a quick summary of what has happened here on National Signing Day. For those of you that are obsessed with the rankings, um, Ole Miss in 2022 had the 15th ranked overall class. That's transfers and uh, recruits. Missouri had the 18th overall class uh, for 2023. Uh, overall, um, i bring this up here. Ole Miss 17th, Carolina 18th, Mizzou 32nd. Uh, and I'll remind everyone in the big, bad, mighty SEC, Ole Miss and Missouri want to combine 20 and 4 this year. And if you want to, if you want to feel better about rankings, go look at Georgia's outbound portal class and how many five stars are there. Uh, by the way, it looks like uh, McGowan's going to go to Boston College. So there you go. And again, before anybody's like, "Oh God," got outbid by Boston College. Nah, it's not really like that. It is and it isn't. But you you have to allocate your resources based on. True, like the like your the value that, that you see in it, and there's just some demands out there that are unreasonable. Because if you do if you do that, you know there's a finite number of resources, and you're gonna put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And next thing you know, you're starting to walk on at at, at corner, and uh, you know, you, you know, but you still got that third receiver that's catching 12 passes against SEC competition. So, uh, you know, you got to, there's value, you know, there's got to be value in it. So well, I was I thinking think yesterday, fun. JC, about this situation, like, is it kind of like, you know, the Paler situation going to NC state where they just, you know, gave him more money than anybody was. I mean, cause they needed it. It's just something, some position of need for yeah. them, but, you know, they were willing to overpay to outbid it was, everybody. Else. It was kind of more similar field of Keelan Adams, who went to Virginia Tech, who, who was one of the okay. welcome homes that, uh, you know, and, and it sucks on McGowan. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I guess, again, kind of like Jalen Nichols, I mean, I guess if you're going to get that kind of money, uh, looking at those two guys specifically, I mean, they're not necessarily projected to be high draft picks. So, 
if you're gonna make money playing this game, go ahead and do it. Um, and if I'm Boston College's NIL department, I'm I don't I don't know what they're thinking. You know, <laughs> uh, in the ACC though, maybe so. You're not facing monsters at you're not facing Kamario Lassiter from Georgia every week. Right. You know, yeah. you're not facing those cats that they got at Bama and a, I mean, those big old uh, physical, cor- the best corners in the country. You're not facing those guys week in and week out. When you play Clemson, you probably are, Florida State. But, uh, you know, there's some success. So, um, Quantrell says, J.C., we get it, but the national media is going to spin this as Carolina being cheap in the portal, and that's annoying. Well, Quantrell, I don't, I don't think the national media cares about McGowan. And if they do, then they're kind of reaching. Mm. I mean, this isn't being cheap. This is this is a ridiculous. I mean, and I, I'm not going to repeat the numbers here, but uh, there's just no way in hell anybody in, is in with in their right mind should should fork out that kind of cash for that guy. And I, and I like him as a player. I always have Hale, and I've always thought he he does you know deserve to be a take out of high school and all that. But there's just some things you cannot do. I mean, this kid is not Ace Sanders even. I mean, he Ace Ace would be about high end for a receiver that size. And he's not Ace. He's not even a Marion Brown production-wise. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think he could have been better than a Marion. But right now you just you can't do that, man, cuz you know, and no other schools doing that either. I mean, no other schools out there overpaying for for guys that are at that level. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I agree with that. Now, if it were a high profile guy, high profile position, you know, something like that. If South Carolina was losing Lenora Sellers this year or, you know, Big Tree Babalade bolted after a season, I think that narrative, you know, would number one, probably be true. And number two, you could push it a little bit more, but. I think someone from the national media says something about that with McGowan. They're they're really reaching. Well, elsewhere in from that portal class, Jawarn Jawarn Howell was the first transfer to send in his national letter of intent this morning. Uh, so he is in. The second announcement was from Rocket Sanders uh, from Arkansas. Of course, he is also in. And then the Gamecocks immediately followed by announcing the additions of Georgia Tech defensive end Kyle Kennard and North Texas running back Oscar Attaway. All those guys uh, have now signed, and they are good to go with South Carolina, J.C., Pittsburgh defensive lineman DeAndre Jules, and uh, Brady Hunt, the tight end out of Ball, uh, Ball State, also have been announced officially by the Gamecocks, as has Gerald Kilgore, the brother of Jalen Kilgore – or Jalen Kilgore, I'm sorry um, – uh, the defensive back coming over from Tennessee Tech. So, uh, Gamecocks are in good shape. Jared Brown now in the in the boat too. The wide receiver committing and now signing with um, the, with Carolina from from Coastal, and now with Jaden McGowan deciding to go up north and play at Boston College, they will look right back to the portal to try to sign a another wide receiver here. We, we've we've been talking about all of these players. Uh, non-stop over the last few weeks as Carolina has recruited them and now Carolina has officially signed them. Um, and now that we're not getting the, any true deflections, let's talk about the running back room. Uh, 
and the fact that it's – I don't know if it's complete, but it's pretty close to being complete, J.C., with Rocket Sanders, Oscar Attaway, Jawarn Howell, and Matthew Fuller all today, four new additions to this group. Juju McDowell will, will return, and D.J. Braswell will return. That is six running backs that will be in the boat for Gamecock football come August. It is quite the turnaround from where they were. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and there's enough depth there. All right, so I have my notes here. Everybody's asking about Daniel Hill. He's not coming to Carolina unless something dramatically changes. Uh, like I was told straight up, he's not coming here. So quit at, we don't need to ask about him anymore. <laughs> uh, don't need to ask about Evan Stewart. I know it would be – dude, if, he, if they could sign Evan Stewart, great. But that kid's going to Alabama or Texas most likely, and he's a he's a freak stud. Whatever you want to say, uh, he's going to go to a big time program though. Like not that Carolina's not, but a like a like a Ohio State, Alabama, uh, Texas, that kind of spot. Um, as far as back to the running back room, yeah, I mean, look, kind of like a tight end last year, they needed to flip it because it was like, you know, hello, who's here? Hello, you know, and uh, there's one guy, Juju, and he, he's hurt, or two, him and Dontavious. And now you got three guys from the portal that are all really good players and Fuller coming in, so that's six. You're six deep. Um, somebody mentioned moving Juju to the slot. I don't, if he gets back healthy and is ready to go, I don't, I don't know if that's a bad idea. Um, use him in a variety of manners. Um, he's a good player. Uh, makes plays when he's in there. Not a not a full time running back, but a guy that can make things happen. Uh, you know, Rocket. Obviously, it's going to come down to his health next year, and if he can get back to twenty twenty two form, because he's one of the best backs in the country that year. And there's really no reason why he can't, as long as he stays healthy. Um, even twenty twenty three, when he was healthy, like that Florida game, rushed for eighteen carries, one hundred six yards. The Gators couldn't stop him. I mean, he he uh, they couldn't stop many people, but uh, he he looked kind of like his old self, just a step slower. Uh, Attaway's a player everybody's going to love, guys. Um, older guy, uh, Hale talked to his coaches. We talked about this at North Little Rock. They're pretty fired up about it. You know, they, they really think he's good. Violent runner, explosive, uh, and then the the kid Howell from South Carolina State. He could be better than all of them. Uh, and I've given you my comparison for him, you know, so the overall room now, uh, they fixed it and they fixed it in short order. As Mike said on the show two weeks ago, though, that, that this has to be the this past year needs to be the last time that happens at that position. It, it was very unfortunate. I think they thought that I thought they, they didn't anticipate the injuries on the O-line. I think they thought they could get by by being kind of more of a passing team, but, you know, you need a guy that can make a guy make the first guy miss. Uh, which Decarion didn't do a bad job of that. He just got tracked down from behind. I think he got too big, and so he was a step slower. Uh, and then there's Mario who ran his butt off, uh, and then but by the time the year w- was there, he had carried it so much, guys. It just, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think he was just like the O line, beat up, worn down. And so, uh, running back is a a spot where you can you you can play three if you're smart on how to do it. Um, Georgia two years ago under Todd Monken played four, 
and it was seamless. Like like you you couldn't tell what plays they were going to run with with which back. I mean, it was it was great great job by Todd Monken. Um, but I think you can play three and uh, you know make some things happen. And like I said earlier, running back is also like linebacker and safety. Those guys help your special teams. Y'all all remember Rashad Amos blocking a punt or returning a punt one for a touchdown against Georgia State last year. Mm-hmm. You know, heck, yeah, go back in time. Y'all remember Derek Watson was blocking punts, right? Uh, you know, for Carolina once upon a time. Yeah, he and Brian Scott. So, uh, so just uh, you know, I think I think that's one that's good. You know, I I do believe there are some talented backs in the state coming up. Uh, McGill at Greer next year, or is it McGill at Greer? Is that, that kid at Broom? Kid at Broom, the kid at Broom, the kid at Gaffney in twenty twenty six, and the kid at Greer next year are, are good. Of course, the kid from BHP committed to Clemson, and that made everybody mad. But uh, you know, there are some running back. The state's finally coming back out with some some good backs, so uh, that should help. And yeah, you can always go in the portal. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I, I think if there's one thing that had to happen that did, it was flipping that running back room. And, you know, you expect they could get two, but they got three. So it's even better. And, and the third one, like I said earlier, he's he's a young guy. So it's like he just replaces where Lavoisier Carroll would have been in the natural order of things. And um, quite frankly, he's he's better than Lavoisier was before Lavoisier had to quit. So uh, that's an upgrade. And that's what you always want in recruiting is upgrades. The Gamecocks uh, here at 120 on uh, on this Wednesday afternoon, JC. Um, the portal, re- re- do me a quick favor and refresh us on where things stand with the portals, uh, the, the dead period, how long the portal is open, and then when it will reopen after it closes. Okay. Yeah, the portal's open, I think, until January 3rd, um, if I'm not mistaken, for these teams. And when, when I say portal open, um, when, when I say portal open, uh, I mean that's when kids can get into it. You can take a guy out of the portal at any time if you want. Um, so the portal's open to everybody who's not in the national championship game till the third. And then I think they those teams get a week afterward. So like the 15th, if you're looking at those two squads, Bama and or Bama, Michigan, Washington, um, Bama, Michigan, Washington, and uh, who else does play Texas? You know, you're looking at those those four teams. And then after spring practice, I think for a week in May, it's open again. Uh, but it's just a week. So you got to kind of see who jumps in and all that. I think, I think ideally programs would prefer to get all their portal recruiting out of the way now because you don't really want to depend on that that post spring practice thing and you bring somebody in and you just don't you know maybe they, they're not ready to go so uh so here you are. so that's the deal i mean uh, but i think that uh you know I, I i i think that you know if you're just looking at kind of long term you know south carolina historically is not quit recruiting they still recruit that later period so uh, we'll see what happens there it is 122. We need to step aside for a quick timeout. Uh, but uh, we will dance around in the position groups as we continue to march towards 2 o'clock today on National Signing Day. Hang tight. We're built by the Barndo Co. inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back. Down here in the south. 
We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to everyone! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Call the turkey, turn the ball game on. Make bloody Marys, cause we're all. Send somebody to the stop and go. We need some celery and a can of baked snow. A bag of lemons and some diet sprites. A box of tampons, some Salem lights. Hallelujah, everybody say cheese. Merry Christmas from the family. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Merry Christmas from the family and from our family here at Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back as we continue to uh, march through National Signing Day. Congratulations to all the young men who have uh, signed their letters of intent and who still plan to. Um, yeah, I, I saw somebody compare Jaden McGowan to Zay Flowers. That's not even – that's not – they're no. not the same guy. No. Uh, Zay Flowers was bigger. He was, uh, I don't know, probably not faster than Jaden in a straight line, but more elusive, uh, accelerates better, better hands. And, and, and we knew all that out of high school. Uh, it, it, the, the previous staff passing on him when my man Arturo Freeman had him teed up <laughs> was one of the biggest misses of the Muschamp era. And it was it was amplified by the fact that there were a lot of misses at receiver. Yeah. A lot. Ooh, shoe buddy. Uh, no, Big Red. Daniel Hill didn't sign somewhere else. He's announced it at the All-American Bowl, but it's not going to be in South Carolina. Um, plus, man, are you going to join a roster with six running backs on it? Yeah. I mean, I'd just soon go to Alabama if that were the case. You know? Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tony, uh, has put up a pretty, um, detailed report on the big spur of what went down with Jaden McGowan. So, uh, you know, in the fairness of Tony Morrell and doing the work that he does behind the scenes, I'm not going to read it because that's not what we do here. Uh, even though JC owns the company, uh, if you want to read Tony's report, head to the big spur.com and, uh, you'll see exactly what happened with Jaden McGowan. Best of luck to that young man as he heads to Boston to play his college football. Uh, on that note, though, the receiver position, JC, they're going to have to. They were still probably planning to add one. Now they're now they're back to the drawing board to add probably two. Uh, what about now with DeBron Gatling in the mix? Still two portal receivers, you think? I think mean, they need three to be honest, just to be safe. But that, you know, you're just going to take somebody that. Yeah, it's going to take a, a warm body there. Uh, but there are a lot of receivers out there. Um, I mean, I think had they known this, and I, and I don't know, you know, it, it, it's kind of – I don't know the thought process at receiver behind a Yannick Smith from Somerville or a Jamar Boston from Westside. Uh, even the kid from St. Matthews that's going to NC State. I mean, there's, there's some guys in the state that are leaving – that are going to power five programs. Um, Boston would have been the one I would have taken a closer look at, but I, you know, they're, they're not wrong until they're wrong about that. You know, uh, <laughs> Brian McClendon was not wrong about Zay flowers until he was wrong. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I think, you know, there's there's all kinds of options. I mean, there's the portal. Hmm, excuse me. There's junior colleges. There's there's you know tr- guys that transfer out after one semester, you know, freshmen and stuff. But I guess you're able to do that technically. You could go through spring ball one place and be suiting up for somebody else the, in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, just uh, like I said, the portal's not closed. You know they understand they need receivers. Uh, I, I 
I agree that it is a position of concern. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything sunshine and rainbows at receiver. In fact, I'd, I'd circle that as a bigger concern than the O-line next year. Um, with the exception of the O-line, you know, with the caveat to say, hey, you got to stay healthy on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the answers are there. So, and no, they haven't offered Yannick in basketball. My understanding. So, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, moving forward, I think uh, uh, McGowan wants to go to BC. Let him go. Wish him the best. Uh, it was a money money grab, and but I'm telling you, if I were him, I you know I I'm looking at my. I'm kind of looking at who I am. All right, okay, I'm a fast guy, not a very productive receiver in the SEC. Um, my chances, just based on my size, unless I'm Devin Hester, of playing in the NFL are slim. If I can go make make big big money, you know, rather than having to fight my way in the SEC and maybe not being as valuable. For another team, maybe I'm gonna go do it, and and that's these situations, guys, are like how the games change, how recruiting's changed. It used to be know about uh, about losing a kid to Boston College, about losing a kid to Boston College, Uh, but that this type of thing is gonna happen from time to time. Uh, same thing with the kid that went to Virginia Tech over the summer that, that got the big NIL deal. You know, it's, it's not South Carolina wasn't going to. I mean, is he AJ Green? Is he Julio Jones? Is he Alshon Jeffrey? No. So you're, you're not going to go for, you know, you're just not going to go fork it out. So we'll see what happens uh, there. No, but here's your conference schedule. Uh, be, 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 hold, hold on, listen. Go, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, here, here's the competition you're up against. Louisville, North Carolina, Pitt, Syracuse, Florida State, SMU, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. So you should be able to pull more than 12 receptions through that conference schedule than you did in the one you just played. Yeah. yeah. Big Red, why would why would Thompson Pringle and Franks have to play day one? Explain that to me. Because yeah, all the freshmen know. that played last year half hurt all year suck? Is it going to stay that way? I hope not. <laughs> There's serious problems there if there is. It's 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 like not even not even a normal to below average college football program if none of these guys get better. Uh especially when they get healthy. So I don't understand that. And I know the internet sucks, and I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully, I've paused at the right time. So, uh, yeah. No, Bobby, Bobby's at a pub, though. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I, I don't. You know, this is. First of all, let's let's not let's not steer off track here. This is. Uh, this is a day for for all these young men to be celebrated. You know, we're looking at the room. We're, we're, I'm not going to let any of these conversations go down any type of road of this guy isn't any good or this guy that whatever. We're not going to start saying this guy needs. You haven't even seen him. We're not doing that. We're not going to sit here and do it. 
So if you want to do that, then um, here I'm gonna I'll make an executive decision for everybody. Uh, go watch another program. Um, who well, and here's the one, thing is maybe one that doesn't know what they're talking about because we're not playing that game here. Because specifically regarding the transfers, JB, I mean every one of the transfers that are coming in in this cycle have graded out better than they were when they entered as high school recruits. Yeah. Period. They're all better. They've all developed and made steps forward. Uh, some of them fairly significant ones. Like I'm looking at Kyle Kennard's numbers. That's the one that really kind of stands out to me. Um, so yeah, no, you're the, the players that you're getting are good, high quality players. Attaway's another one. I mean, you know, another 0.05 increase in what they were coming in, out of high school as opposed to transferring out of their current college situation. So no, I mean, there's no, there's no room for talking bad about these kids. Yeah. We're not doing that. Uh, that that's not what this is going to be about. You know, we're going to talk about what, what, you know, what it all looks like. There's no doubt. And then uh, we're going to congratulate them on being here. And, um, and, um, and that's what this day is for. And so that's what we're going to continue to do on that note. You know, we've gotten through a lot of the position groups here. I think one of them that is, Probably not being talked about enough, but boy, will it be is the linebacking core, uh, JC. They've signed some exceptional linebackers in the, in the last few classes here. Pup Howard, of course, a guy who played a lot this year. He played a lot earlier, didn't play as much later. He will be playing more. Um, and you know what's funny is all these guys are 6'4", 250. They're signing big-time SEC size style type linebackers. Uh, to play football with, and this year is no different with Wendell Gregory and uh, my man Fred Johnson. It's the greatest linebacker name ever. Yeah, Fred Johnson. Fred. Oh, by the way, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I, I wanted to point this out, Quantra. I'll just mention it too on the chat box, the Nana's Porch chat box. By the way, I keep forgetting to say that. Sorry, Chris. Award-winning Nana's Porch chat box. Uh, Florida State fans are a complete meltdown mode because five-star. Uh, safety KJ Bolden flipped from uh, FSU to Georgia, staying at home. So, so but that's that is a Will Muschamp special right there. That, Nobody yeah. saw it coming. Nobody. Nobody I mean, I, Will and Kirby and one other one. I think Glenn Schumann visited him, did an in-home two weeks ago, and I saw the picture on social media. They're smiling ass faces. <laughs> and uh and I thought then I was like, huh. And meanwhile, he's taking visits to Syracuse and all this other stuff and and going back to Florida State one last time. And FSU thought they had him locked up. And then but I thought at the time I was like, hey, Georgia, watch out for them. Then you heard nothing about it. And today at at Buford High School, which by the way, that's where Dylan Rayola is. And he flipped to Nebraska. That that school hasn't always been beautiful for Georgia uh, over the years, but um, it's been awful for Carolinas. I think the last guy they got out of Buford was Yvonne Benag in Spurrier's wow. first class. Wow. Um, oh, that's a name. Of it. Yeah, wow. Yvonne Benag. Yeah, yeah. Charles Charles points it out. Georgia actually flipped a guy from Buford. But man, that that's a must. That is uh, the, the, they called him the flipper. You know, in his first cycle here, he actually did flip about six guys. But uh, good job by the dogs getting that, uh, getting that, uh, getting that flip on and sending Noel Nation into meltdown mode here. Uh, 
10 days before they play a game against each other with uh, a lot of their backups. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> wow, incredible. So Georgia will not only secure the number one recruiting class in the country, but they'll secure it by a little bit more of a distance than I thought they would between them and Alabama. Yeah, yeah. They, they're doing well. I mean, you know, what does this mean exactly? I don't know. I, I think Georgia is good enough to, to be – I mean, they evaluate and develop well enough to to pretty much safe, safely say they're going to be – they're going to be very talented every year. But I also think that's why some five-star guys don't cut it there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and you look at the number of three five-stars left, and they're just going to continue to reload with who they think's the best and – all that, and you know, they got a lot of momentum. I mean, you don't, you don't, your first school that's won back to back national titles in how long? I mean, you, you don't do, and you're, you're a school that already recruits in the top 10 every year. Okay. Right. I mean, you, you just added rocket fuel to that. So hats off to the dogs. Um, they certainly hurt Carolina this year on the interior of the D line. It, it just, it just so happened that everybody Jimmy Lindsay had on the board that was really good. Georgia had on their board as well, and, and they took all of them. <laughs> you right. think you would think they'd take six, you know? They maybe you know, although, and every time I thought they were done taking guys, they'd take another one. And I, I thought, sure as I'm sitting here, they would take Jer- uh, Simmons, the, the Juco. I'm like, well, they're just, they just don't care. They're just loading up on D tackle. But, um, I, uh, I do think that, um, I do think it's kind of funny, you know, that, 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 that they, they put they are a pain in the butt to just about you know everybody in recruiting right now and all that. But hey, Marcus Satterfield flipped their hot shot quarterback, didn't he? Well, I wouldn't put that. He <laughs> went from Satterfield. playing for Bobo, playing for Bobo, <laughs> to playing for Sat. Something tells me that's some big red collective and Matt Rule that won that battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right. Hey, I, I, got, I got something to add. And to he's, a this, he's a legacy. He's a legacy. He's a legacy. He, well, he's a legacy. Yeah, I have something to add to this. Excuse me. Speaking of five stars, South Carolina had, what, two five stars in their class? Had Georgia not flipped K.J. Bolden, you know how many five stars they would have signed? Um, two. Two. Two? Yeah, two. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say I was pretty sure it was two. So yeah, I think Ohio State sits atop the incoming five star rank, no. right? I mean, yeah. George, Ellis Ellis Robinson, corner from Bradenton, and uh, Justin Williams, linebacker from Texas, and then Bolden's the other five that they got. Yeah, number one class in the country. So yeah, like I said, there's a lot to like about this Gamecock class. You know, a lot, a lot like. We need to step aside for one more. Yes, McGowan is going. Time out. Yeah, I was just going to say McGowan is going to BC just to repeat it. So, uh, We'll step aside for one more final timeout. And when we return, what about the top 20 players in South Carolina? We'll tell you where they're going right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name. 
and chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let yourself be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the yuletide gay From now on Our troubles will be miles away Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years we all will be together, if the fates allow Until then we'll have to muddle through somehow So have yourself a merry little Christmas now We do hope you all have yourselves a merry little Christmas. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network, which is, which is proudly presented by our friends at Dixie Vodka. If you haven't been keeping track here 
are the recruits or the top recruits in the state of South Carolina. This is via the composite, as JC pointed out earlier. It's a little bit more of a – it's a bigger picture, a better scope of um, of all of the players and uh, who's recruiting – or I'm sorry, who's ranking them and things of that nature. South Carolina, of course, has kind of cleaned up uh, here in, in the Palmetto State. Josiah Thompson, the number one player in the state, and Cam Pringle, the number two player in the state, both offensive tackles, both coming to Carolina. The composite has wide receiver Braylon Staley as the third overall player, and they've got him. Of course, he is now signed to go uh, to Tennessee. Fourth and fifth, Mazio Bennett, Kelvin Hunter. We know where they're going. That is South Carolina. They've got Troy Stevenson as the sixth overall prospect out of Phillip Simmons down here in the low country. He has signed and headed to Georgia Tech. Blake Franks in at seven. Of course, he's coming to South Carolina. Marcus Downs, defensive lineman who had had some conversations with the staff at, uh, out of Riverside up in Greer. He has now signed with Central Florida. Trayvon Dunbar, the running back who just had a magnificent season for Midland Valley up in Graniteville. He is now officially signed with West Virginia, so he'll go play for Neil Brown up in uh, Morgantown, WV. Uh, Quasheed Scott, who also had kind of entertained signing with the Gamecocks, has not officially inked with Kentucky yet, but he's expected to not only hold through uh, his commitment but sign later on today. Uh, Jordan Boyd, the linebacker out of Aiken at Silver Bluff, the 11th-ranked prospect in South Carolina, he has now signed with Georgia Tech. Jamar Boston, or excuse me, Jimmer Boston, the wide receiver from Westside. He's the 12th-ranked player in the state. He's headed to NC State. Tamir Hickman-Collins from Indian Land, linebacker at 13, is going to Florida State. Christian Zachary, uh, wide receiver from Calhoun County, is headed to NC State, the 14th overall player in the state. And then Julius Tate at 15 is going to Coastal. Deshaun Reeder, the running back from Christ Church, has uh, now signed today with Northwestern. Uh, Turbo Richard is headed up to Boston College, running back from Paige Walford, uh, from Paige Walford in Northwestern in Rock Hill. Zaravian Johnson, the safety uh, out of Clinton, the 18th overall prospect, is headed to Cincinnati. He is not officially signed. And at 19 and 20, Yannick Smith is the wideout from Somerville. He's going to ECU. He has signed. ECU has also signed edge rusher Shake. Thompson from Hilton Head, the 20th overall player in South Carolina. Clemson signed one player from the state this year, Watson Young, ranked 22nd overall interior offensive lineman from Daniel. And that is what South Carolina's uh, ranked or top 20 ranked players look like on National Signing Day. Hmm. Just glaring that the other major power five school in the state only signed one player from this high school class. Yeah. It's and crazy. From literally the closest high school to yeah. their university. <laughs> well, that's like that's like Clemson's high school, isn't it? Like didn't the Sweeney's oh, go yeah, there? I mean I think the, there's a young last name young guys. Youngs that went there too. Uh, Clemson flipped two people from App State late. Um, mm. I'll tell you this: the five Tigers are off to a good start in the state of South Carolina. You have to admit that. In twenty-five, yeah. yeah. And I know my internet just screwed up. Uh, 
Um, yeah. yeah, by the way, Florida just had another two four stars decommit and flip one to Auburn, one to Miami. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> in a hurry down there. You know, well, we're in this this world we're living in, man, like when when that when that train starts to get off the tracks, you can't stop it. Like mm-hmm. you 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 re- you really can't. You know, you you have to it's almost like oh my gosh, we lost you know, this, this, and this, and, and things are falling apart. It's almost like they need to get say, okay, well, we'll give you an extra year to figure it out. But that's not how it works. We all know that. When the, when the train starts going off the tracks, <laughs> they start cutting time, not adding to it. So, um, yeah, Billy Napier, he's in trouble. I mean, he, he's in trouble. It's crazy to think that, but he is in trouble. They have lost one, two, three, four – Wait a minute. They got Nasser Johnson back, I think. So hang on. Uh, yeah. So they they lost about eight guys. So right now they're still waiting on Nasir Johnson to to. No, actually, Nasir did not come back. I don't know where he ended up going. Did he go to Georgia? Um, Shoot, man, Carolina was in on him. I mean, they lost a, ki- a kid from Gainesville. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, uh, like from the, their backyard, uh, you know, and I hate to laugh. I mean, but their fans are so rude and, uh, or some of them on the Internet are so uh, one of them said something kind of nasty about me the other day. So I hope he enjoys uh, what's happening to him today. But uh, I uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's it is and it's tough and it's like. You don't really understand what the deal is. Florida's an attractive place for recruits still. Yeah, Nasir went to Georgia, uh, part of their 27-man D-tackle class. Um, <laughs> you don't really understand, I mean, because, you know, kids love Florida. They're still, like, attracted to going to the state and stuff. Uh, is it is it is it the staff? Is it is it the concern because they've changed coaches so much that – uh, other coaches are putting it in these kids' head, like, like they're not going to be there. They're going to get fired, and there's some fear there. Um, I, I never expect Florida to lose guys. I mean, I, I never expect Florida to hold on to guys that are far away from campus, like out-of-state, like Texas kids and North Carolina kids and stuff when they're not rolling. But Florida kids still have an affinity to stay home. They don't stay home as much as they used to. So, I mean, I don't get this. I think uh, – I mean, like like I said, you know, they lost. <laughs> they lost. Uh, I mean, the kid Kendall Jackson, a D lineman from Buckholz High School in Gainesville, and then they lost him just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, and he flipped to a, flipped to Texas A and M. Well, I, again, I mean, I, I'm not so sure. Like, if if you if you are one that who wants to continue to try to figure out the method to the madness, stop wasting your time because it. It is not worth it. This is – it is chaos. It is going to continue to be chaos. There is never going to be a, a method to the madness until we have some sort of uh, change in college football and how things are set up. Um, and, you know, it's – when you've got NIL involved but with no stri- – you know, with no structure to it, um, when you've got the portal that makes it really easy for guys to just be able to jump ship and leave – you know, they can start taking flyers, right? You know, you can – well, hey, look, you know what? Um, I'm going to go ahead and go here because I know I can always come back and go here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just 
there is no method to any of this. There is no, it is madness, period, the end, and it's going to continue to be that way. And a lot of the things that we have seen that were trends of years past, those trends are being bucked. They're over. It's done. You know, it's it's a it's a new game. It's a new age. And you just got to get used to being able to continue to expect the unexpected. I mean, like we've, a couple of years ago, we, uh, you know, you, you got the transfer of Tavian Feaster to, from Clemson to South Carolina, and people thought, well, my God, where did that come from? Because you don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how this works. You play here, you hate them. That's just the way that it goes. And it's pretty normal now. I mean, you know, a, a kid just left Mississippi State and went to Ole Miss. You know, kids are leaving South Carolina and Clemson and, and, and entertaining going to the other one, Florida and Florida State. You know, it's it's happening all over the country, and that's just a very small example of how everything you just can't – the guy's in Gainesville, and all of a sudden he's leaving after he's been committed to the hometown team? Like, does he not care about coming home and kind of being a hero? South Carolina's got guys like that. Jordan Birch is one of them. You know, Jordan Birch, who stayed in Columbia, probably able to knock on any door in town and say, I'd like a job, and they'd say, we'll give you one. It'll be a little bit more of a difficult knock now. When he comes so, I mean, it's, it's a different day and age. Uh, and let me squeeze this in real quick, too, JC. To your point, Braden Lee, tough situation for his family. And I know that he – I don't even know that he wanted to flip uh, to Maryland. But uh, he just tweeted, man, I just want to give a shout-out to my boys that signed to South Carolina today. I love y'all, and I'm proud of y'all. You'll know what it is. Go be great. Uh, and and um, he had to sign with Maryland today because of some family stuff going on. Yeah, uh, but that's what I, I don't. I don't really have any. To, uh, I don't want to say tolerance, but I, I'm in strong disagreement to those that are like, "Well, how, he could have said this a long time ago." No, it was a tough decision that came right down to the wire. I mean, you're torn. Should you stay? Should you go? Should you stay? Should you go? And uh, I, I think those of us that thought there's a good chance he leaves to go to, to stay at home, thought, well, that family pull is going to win out in the end. And, and, and you know, Loxley was, was pitching that. That's what he pitches to all those kids up there. And he signs them, and they go get in the portal in two years because uh, they're tired of playing in front of 15 people. But uh, it, it, this was always a possibility. A, a lot of folks around uh, South Carolina, I was quite, frankly surprised it didn't happen sooner, but the kid did love South Carolina and wanted to come here. It just life happens, and I can't fault anybody for that. Speaking, all right, so, and back to Florida. So they are a couple of decommits away from falling behind the Gamecocks. They've fallen from third to start the day in the country to thirteenth. Yeah, uh, and their Clemson is point four two points behind them. Penn State's point six zero points. Gamecocks are one, one, two point one seven, I guess. Um, so yeah, the, the Gators. Uh, and, and if this class does not finish in the top ten, Mike Morgan. We'll talk about this tomorrow. They hired Billy Napier because he can recruit, and Dan, they didn't think Dan Mullen could. Dan Mullen had normally a class rated between nine and twelve nationally. Yeah. That may go down. And look, I was a Billy Napier guy. I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying that. My God, I, I called that that he's he's been bad there. I, I actually don't think it's Billy. I think it's the job because only two people have won there ever, like at the level they want to win. Um, but uh, 
firing Dan Mullen to hire Billy Napier may go down as one of the biggest mistakes in the history of uh, coaching changes. Because one thing Dan Mullen will do for you, he will outcoach most of the coaches on his schedule. Um, when when he has talent, he, he's lethal. But he just wasn't going to sit there. And, and they're sitting there looking because I think of, because of the 2020 season, which gave him a lot of false hope. I think they're sitting there going, well, my God, we just got to recruit like Kirby at Georgia and we'll be back because that, that Georgia rivalry is real. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you have to understand – when you were beating Georgia's ass every, you know, going eleven and one under Spurrier, they were out recruiting you every single season. <laughs> Spurrier made comments about it, but uh, I, you know, that you got a coach, man. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can never let recruiting rankings like drive decisions. And I worry that athletic directors uh, these days it's coming into play more and more, and that's that's a shame. It's where we are. And now we're at the end of our program, thankfully. What a tech of a day, boys. Tomorrow's the grand finale before the 2024 version of the show kicks off. Yeah. Yep, it will be a jam-packed day tomorrow. As a matter of fact, we moved Mark Kingston to tomorrow. So we have Mark Kingston tomorrow. We have Mike Morgan tomorrow. Uh, we're trying to squeeze in Derek Scott tomorrow. We have Matt Anderson tomorrow. All our we're gonna, friends. It's going to have a, 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 a <laughs> like, it's like the company Christmas party. Well, and here's That's the right. thing. Yeah, Make some eggnog. Uh, yeah. Hats <laughs> off to Coach King, too, because I had no problem getting him in today and breaking things up a little bit. And he, and he sent me a message and said, I'm absolutely down to come on. Uh, you know, today that's fine. He said, but Sunday day is all about the kids, man. I'd rather you give them the attention and I'll, I'll squeeze in on Thursday. And I said, okay. So that's what we did. So thanks yeah, coach. It was all about the kids, man. It's, it's all good. Uh, Jesse says recruiting cakes, the biggest bucks. I don't know. Florida's got plenty of uh, money. Yeah. So, not always. No, Sometimes not always money. <laughs> Every situation is different, but I'll say this about NIL real quick. South Carolina has a much, much better situation than they did last year. Still need more. Still need more. Still need, if you're going to recruit like Ole Miss in the portal, you need more. But, uh, and I think that's realistic for the Gamecocks to do. But thanks to all of you out there that supported IL because it, it was night and day different, this, this, this portal experience than last year. Guys, we are out of time. Thanks to David Cloninger for joining us. We hope you have a wonderful Wednesday as we march towards Christmas and New Year's. Well done, as always, JC. This is kind of Christmas for you. And thanks to Mad Dog Mullinax for steering the ship in the right direction. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.